there, there is, there's no upside to a K-State week. Like, ever. <laughs> there's no upside. Because they're right fuck in the middle of everything. So if you, like, lose to a good team, you waste an opportunity. If you lose to a bad team, then, like, you're just embarrassed. That's like, going to quote no Crowder. And here's the reality. When it, com- when it comes to the plies, like, how thick your toilet paper is, like, I'm, the reality of it is, like, I just aggressively wipe my ass. So, like, I just got to... <laughs> I just got to have coverage there. The Flyover State Sports Show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Everybody and welcome back to the Flyover State Sports Show. I am your host Sam Long, joined by my two cohorts, Gavin Alexander and Caleb Beans Ubel. If you are looking now, we have one intoxicated, now two intoxicated individuals. Beans is going for a deep throat of that Bush Light Apple. Who is the sponsor of today's episode? If we actually had a sponsor, which we don't, because we somehow have managed to lose sponsors in the time of recording these videos. Hey, no, that's not true. No, we that's zero. <laughs> we are on par, guys. Yes, we we are. Well, we, we had like one that lasted like one week, and then we uh we we were gonna make T-shirts, and that never happened, and. We just keep fair. regressing back to average. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? To be fair, we didn't set any bars when we started this, so we're great. We're we're exceeding expectations. Yeah, we, like we made a whole twenty-five dollars like doing this this gig, which is twenty-five <laughs> more dollars than I thought we would ever make. Exactly. Match. That's where I bought. Like, we can't like put aside Virtually. how easily the American public will just give away free money. So. so if you want to give away free money, oh, I love the sponsor American the show. Public. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to, you know, sponsor the show, you can just give us free money. We'll do we will take anything from us. We will take individual sponsors too. Anonymous. Do whatever. I don't care. Anonymous. Yeah, you, you, know, you want us to say that uh 9-11 was an inside job? Like, fuck it. Like, sure. It we wasn't? Don't care. I don't know. We'll <laughs> say it was. <laughs> We'll, we'll say we'll say it wasn't the next week if someone else gives us cash. We have no morals and no compass and no direction. Speaking of no direction, Oklahoma played a football game against the University of Rock Chalk Jayhawks last week, and Oklahoma appeared to have no direction, and now they appear to have some as they defeated KU fifty-two to forty-two. Hawks take their second straight loss this season, quarterback by Jason Bean for one and a half of those games, gentlemen. I actually watched this game, and it was not a 10-point ball game at any point, except for maybe the first point of when it was 10 points. This was more of a mini blowout with some heroics at the end, in my opinion, which, honestly, I don't know if you felt like that was what was going to happen or not, but I need your insight. What did you think? The fact that KU still put up 42, like, 
that that says a lot, in my opinion. Like you said, I game, don't think it says anything because everyone puts up 42 against Oklahoma. I know, but literally they did, everyone. They did it again, but Name they did one it team TCU. that has not put up 42 against Oklahoma. But the they conference. did the same thing against TCU. I'm seeing consistency by them. Last year, they would have scored five. Seven. Sorry. No, that's not true. Last year they almost beat Oklahoma at home too. This is nothing new. That's true. That's true. But I, you're seeing nothing, strides. Nothing you're seeing improvements. You're seeing improvements though. Like even I, with I just even, don't think that we did. <laughs> well, with I think if Jalen Daniels was in that, it would have felt closer. They would have still lost. It would have felt closer. Right. <clears throat> there's two parts of this to me. The first part is like the reality that. Even though Oklahoma has Brent Venables, their defense is just, like, nothing. Like, they're just worthless on defense. And, like, I had hope coming into this game that maybe, like, just because I respected Brent Venables as a defensive coordinator enough that they could piece it together. But that just appears to be not reality. And on that same token, it also appears that, like, I mean, I was on here talking about how KU's uh, best offense in the country had kind of taken a step back, maybe been found out a little bit. And that also appears to like, well, maybe they're actually closer to at least being an elite offense than I was giving them credit for. So I think both of those things are at least a little bit more true than we thought coming into the week. I mean, how do you how do you feel about, you know, I, to to me, KU's playing with and this is what I said last week. No, I'm going to say nothing the rest of the season for KU. They're playing with so much house money and like. And, and all the teams that they're playing now are games that we would have projected them to lose. They're teams that are better than them. They're literally just trying to, like, somewhere find the win to become bowl eligible. But you're, like, competing against Oklahoma. You're competing against teams that no one would have gave you a shot against. You have more wins than anybody thought you were going to. You're playing with house money if you're and KU. It doesn't matter. Supposedly Jalen Daniels is coming back, so that's going to be a huge plus for them. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a big boon. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the reports were. I heard he was like participating in practice, but I don't know what that to the extent it was. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that either. Someone said he was done for the year. Then he said he wasn't. And I really don't know. I think we kind of saw for one that Dylan Gabriel is really good. And I mean, when Oklahoma doesn't have Dylan Gabriel, they fucking suck. When they do have Dylan Gabriel, they're not. They're not half bad. They're they're passable. Um, their defense is awful. Uh, K State scored forty one. TCU scored fifty five. Texas scored forty nine, and KU scored forty two. So I mean, let's not beat around the bush. KU did what every other team that's in the Big Twelve has done to Oklahoma's defense, right? Yep. Like this isn't this isn't this isn't something that you shouldn't be impressed by. But at the same token, it's not anything that isn't. I don't know, expected almost. I would be a little, I'm a little bit more surprised that I felt like they didn't have as much talent mm-hmm. and that Oklahoma might out talent them for a little bit. And it, I mean, they did do that for a while. Yeah. I mean, K, KU outscored Oklahoma 14 to three in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, this was a 21 point ball game going into crunch time and they got it to 10. But I mean, K, KU had what 28 points going into the third quarter, which is kind of yeah. Just, I mean, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know. I don't think we really learned too much of anything about KU. I mean, they lost. To a, yeah, they lost to a more talented team. 
Uh, there were more points than I thought, but I think I gave it about, I don't know, I didn't quite look, but I think I gave it about a 10-point margin, so I don't I don't think really anything changed in my opinions between either of the teams. I mean, I'm going to check from last week. I, um, I said it was going to be a three-point game, which might have been a little bit too generous. That might have been a little bit more of an overreaction to Oklahoma just getting fucked on by Texas. I don't want to. I don't want KU fans to feel like um, that. I'm just like disregarding what their season is at this point. But like truthfully, if I'm, this is really easy to say from my perspective with emotions completely eliminated out of it. But like, you're seeing the consi- You're consistently seeing what like reasonable and rational coaching can get you, and like that. That, in a nutshell, is like been the missing piece for KU for a decade. So you can just rest easy at night knowing you have that. That's the most important thing for KU this season is you're pretty, you're pretty damn confident that you have the guy at, like, at the helm going forward. That's the thing that really matters to me. Now you just like, this is a stepping stone. This is a building block. Bring in some more talent over the ne- next couple years, which is easier than ever with the transfer portal. So that's... I don't want I don't want KU fans to feel like I'm just disregarding this team in this season, but this is still very much a step to the next spot, not KU's already there or like KU's in the shitter again, you, somewhere between. How do you feel about this matchup next week against Baylor? Do you think like this is going to be a test? Do you think this is going to be like on par for their matchup? Like eh, these, who knows? I, Big 12 so unpredictable and weird. Where where's that game at? Baylor. It's at Baylor. Baylor okay. So here's the thing. If you look at Dave Aranda's like splits throughout his career at Baylor, he is awful on the road. Like terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they have a losing record like in his career on the road, which is damn near impossible considering they fucking won like 10 games last year, 11 games or how many games they won. So Baylor's going to have a pretty good defense. Um, I I don't know. It, it's one of those things where Baylor just feels kind of super mid. KU also, especially with Jason Bean, also feels really super mid. Where Baylor's offense doesn't strike fear and KU's defense doesn't strike fear. Baylor's defense is scary and KU's offense with Jason Bean is also scary. So I think it's a pretty contrastual lot like deal right so this is like a this is like an on par matchup for them like i would say this is from from what i've seen from baylor for the most part like baylor hasn't baylor hasn't really captured what they had last year i don't feel like i think they're markedly a worse team than last year and last year they're one of those kind of teams that it's like, okay, we're gonna play really good defense and we're gonna do just enough on offense to win a lot of games. Well, and yeah. like Baylor has had a lot of guys on that defense that like already are making a significant impact in the NFL. So like we're pretty certain that that defense last year was just super, super talented, but they're all gone now and they haven't replaced them. And like that's just kind of the reality of where Baylor's roster is right now. They're just depleted and yeah. much, 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 much less talented roster than last year. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't sit here and say that they're probably still a more talented roster than what, what KU's trotting out there. No, I agree. Right yeah, now, right now, I mean, ba- I think, right now, Baylor is eight point favorites. So, 
eh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. My deal mostly is just this is more of like a future look for K-State. Defenses, assuming you don't have like major injuries, defenses continue to get better like throughout the season as guys like just generally improve and learn the schemes and everything, especially when defenses are new. K-State's playing Baylor at a really bad time in the year. Yeah. Kind of opposed to, like, Oklahoma. K-State got to play Oklahoma at a really good time of the year because, like, everything's brand new and you yes. play them in the conference game. Baylor, everything is not going to be completely brand new when they play them. And KU's kind of in that little middle period where everything's not quite brand new, but everything's definitely not vet savvy. Um, with that being said, um, I'm just going to cop out and go road team win because – or not road team win, home team okay, win. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, because Dave Aranda is really good at home and yeah. bad on the road and because football is really stupid. So KU beats West Virginia, who beats Baylor, who gets beat by Baylor because reasons, right? Yeah. Like that's how football works. That yeah, makes but, sense to me. What's your score so, prediction? Uh, let's give it like thirty-one uh, twenty-four, something like that. Yeah, there's that thirty-one. Yeah, make it thirty. Make it thirty-four to twenty-seven. Two field. There you go. Thirty-four to twenty-seven. Thirty-four to twenty-seven. Okay. Turd. Uh, forty-two to thirty-five. Baylor. I still think this ends up being a high-scoring game, but forty-two twenty-one. Thirty-five. Thirty-seven point game. Okay. I do um, think KU still hangs in this game. It's what they've done all season. They belong. They're just in the end. It's. It's pretty difficult for them to keep beating good teams. Yeah, I wish I I wish we knew more like on the Jalen Daniels situation. I think that does make a difference. Like even like a eighty percent Jalen Daniels is like better. I so good. My thing is is I agree with that. <clears throat> better than Jason Bean, but you don't but want to rush him back into here, this. You, here's the thing though, right? Like I hate to be this guy. But we have what, like what? ten quarters of offense oh, from Jalen yeah. Daniels in the Big Twelve yeah. and one overtime. And Jalen Daniels is low key been super mid in six of those quarters. That's so, true. I, I that is like, that is very I, true. I don't want to be that guy. But Jalen Daniels was super mid for six of ten quarters in the Big 12. Does mm-hmm. that mean that it was just a random six quarters of the year? Sure. Adrian Martinez has been horrid for more yeah. than six quarters of Big 12 football this year. And he's sort been, of stretch you want to He's been good for like four total quarters of this year. But. Like, but I'm not even going to – like, you can take that whole Iowa State game. And that might be – that might just be what it fucking was. Like. Jalen Daniels might just gotten shut down at Iowa State, which makes sense from everything that we've seen with Iowa State. And then it just carried over to the first half of TCU. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. With that being said, um, I do think this is the game where KU, like, has to get that sixth win in to be bowl eligible. And I think this might be it. It's going to be tight. I think it's going to be 35-30. I wouldn't necessarily – I understand that thinking. I just think that like KU's KU's coaching and KU's kind of proven that like throughout the season they're just going to hang in games. And if you do that, even against good competition, mediocre competition, whatever you think of Baylor or the remaining teams on their schedule, 
Like eventually a ball is just going to bounce your way and like exactly. things are just going to go right late in the game. Yes. I, because of that, because they're just remaining competitive. I don't, I think, I don't think they necessarily have to win this game to get that six win. Although this is, this should be a more winnable game than some of the other games they got on their schedule. Okay. I, I would so, say, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to I was just going to point out our uh, uh, prediction. We, I have the win loss record here of our oh, predictions. Jesus Christ. Oh, you can't pull that against me. Nah, dude. So is this just like the teams who won? You know what? Fuck it, Bean. Is is this for a K-State, KU, and Chiefs? Yeah, this is everybody that we have done so far. I'm last. Like, I know I'm last. Oh, dude, it's it's like a squeaker. Like, we're all close. Well, yeah, (laughs) because we all pick the same fucking games, and we all think the same. So I'm so, last, probably batting a little bit over, like, 500. You're actually 8 and 9. Oh, wow. It's because I said the Chiefs are going to lose to the Cardinals. Turd, you're 9 and 8. <laughs> and I'm 10 and 7. Uh, I was going to say being okay. 10 and 11. Okay. And guess what? That don't fucking matter. <laughs> we should. Because I don't get paid to pick games. I get paid to talk <laughs> about games. I don't even get paid to do that. $25. <laughs> yeah, shout out Matt here. Last thing I'm gonna say about KU. So I think when you're looking for games KU win, I like Bean's line of thinking with this game. KU is going KU's opportunity to win games, they're always gonna put up points. I know yeah. ragdolling everything about oh my god, they didn't put up like that many points against, against Oklahoma. And that's true and everything. Like I'm I'm not gonna rescind that take. Like that's a factual take they did what everyone does against Oklahoma but KU's gonna put up points so teams that like aren't prepared to put up a ton of points are gonna be the teams that can get got and those are teams like Baylor and teams like K-State down the road and like honestly Oak State (laughs) I don't think is prepared to put up a ton of points either and that's a really like sneaky <sighs> potential upset one if you really want to get oh dude if you really want to like <laughs> get real into it that's a sneaky upset pick right there but we can get there when we get there let's get funky man <laughs> let's get hey we might get funky down the road we gotta apparently we gotta improve from eight and nine apparently <laughs> All right. Okay, so K-State did fuck nothing last week. They were on bye, and I enjoyed the fuck out of myself. Dude, I so, felt so productive this weekend. It was great. So, that was a good mental health day. Oh, um, yeah. So instead of talking about K-State, let's just go rapid fire. Best thing you saw this weekend from college football in general. <laughs> Can we all just watch this out? Volunteers beating Alabama. Yeah, I know. Like, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> No, I only I have one other thing I might mention in passing, but we can just we can skip the K State like last week portion of this and just talk about Bama losing because that's what everyone wants us to talk about. Yeah, I agree with that one. So <laughs> Bama committed a billion penalties. I think it was actually like sixteen, the most yeah. under Nick Saban ever. There were bad pass interference calls everywhere. It was a Big Twelve ref show. And eventually, Tennessee won against Bama for the first time in fucking 15 years. Let's Gavin not bury the lead here. Their, their goalpost is at the bottom of a river, okay? Tennessee yep. <laughs> River, baby. Dog, by the way, those goalposts were not prepared to be taken down. If no. you watch that video, those things got forced out Dude. of there. That wasn't K-State beating Texas back in, like, 06, where they, like, have the goalposts, like, being able to just 
fall over because they might win. That was those things got fucking torn down. And your guys' like tier rankings of things that you'd be just like scared shitless of, like a stampede of people from the south. How high is that like on your list of things that you just be like like running away full speed away from? Because like Dude, okay. Not only that, but that ugly orange. If you just see that ugly orange, like, I'm running. I'm just, I'm gone. Dude, honestly, like, if a Bama player, like, trucked anyone, like, I wouldn't blame them because that's just a – No, a Bama that, player that punched a, a girl. A Bama, huh? a, a Bama player punched a girl, and he's facing fines. Let's go. I respect it. Was she hot? Self-defense, right? Yeah, the camera was Dude. blurry. Oh, I said self-defense. Let's go. <laughs> no, it, no, he, the girl was just running, just minding her own business, screaming, hooting, hollering. And all of a sudden, you just see this. He might. I think he's a tight end. Just, just arm bars her. Just goes pop. <laughs> just yeah, puts her in her that, place. That's tough. <laughs> that's gonna be hard to explain away to the NFL scout, along with the, uh, <laughs> along with how every Bama tight end. Dude, tight end I could just see him telling awful. the judge she deserved it. She had it. That, yeah. I, <laughs> Everything you just did to describe that situation is what Willie Gay told the judge about the vacuum. It was just over there, hooping, hollering. It deserved it. The vacuum had it coming, man. All right, but for real, that that uh, field storming is probably God. Is that one? That one's got to be top ten all time, one, right? There just was the, so many people. I, it was I hate so to be slow. Like I don't want to. Like it just gradually just. I don't want to be like prisoner of the moment or anything, but like, okay. They, so, like, let's think about what makes a good court storming, right? One, it's got to be a rivalry game or like a yes. massive fucking game. Yeah. So that know. was a <clears throat> massive fucking game and a rivalry game. It's, it's, a, night, it's a night game. It's night a night game. Night game, too. It's got to be a late game. Like, yes. you know, storming the field at 11 a.m. isn't the same. So, it's no. a night game, too, or at least it ended like at night. Yes. Right. And before the West Coast games start, yeah. And it's gotta be like spontaneous, right? Like if you're up by, like yes. for instance, the court storming, when K State storms the court when they're up by ten against KU, like sure. Yeah. K State, like if K State would hit like a buzzer beater, like a buzzer beater three mm-hmm. to beat KU after being down, like and you storm the court after that, and that's better. That, yeah, that the fact game that the, had fucking yes. every, every all those <laughs> things. The, it the was only great. other game I can think of, like court storm, like the only other stormings of fields I can think of that are better, or like on par that I've seen personally are Auburn, Alabama, and like sorry to Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, on um, the kick six, and then Indiana against uh, Kentucky with that corner three where they beat Kentucky when they were number one. Was that with a uh, with the Yogi- Watford? Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, like, they show that in every fucking highlight package. Like, that one was, like, game-winning three as time expired, like, against... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, see, even Gavin knows what that one is, and Gavin doesn't give a shit about basketball outside of K-State. Yeah. (laughs) Gavin's just like, yeah, no, yeah, you got that right. Yep. Um, The only other court storming that would have been better is if the Villanova fans at that championship game when they beat North Carolina... Would have just decided to storm the fucking court, like after winning the Natty, which would have been fucking nuts. Like I don't know what would have happened there. People, kids would have gotten kicked out of school. 
But no, so Hendon Hooker is going to win the Heisman, right? Like, that's yeah. pretty, we've anointed that. We've crowned him. If he beats Georgie, he's going to win, right? Is he, like, actually good? Like, I mean, he's got to be good. He's no 20. Idea. He's 24 years old. Surely oh, he's, he's good. Oh, is he yeah. actually 20? I saw a dude with, yes. like, a mock draft of him, like, in the second round, and I was like, dude, I don't feel like Hendon Hooker's ever been that good. So no, is, he just, he, like, is he just Kenny Pickett then? Like, yeah, like no, what it yeah. feels like. He's just oh, Joe Burrow, same situation. He was 22, 23 years old when he was. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, but like Joe Burrow numbers. was like putting up, up historic numbers. Like, That's true. Yeah. But but you know what I mean? Like he's an older guy playing against 18, 19 year olds. I, that makes sense. Well, what about so, Hyatt? Dude, Hyatt cut like five touchdowns on six catches. That is, yeah. Yeah, that okay. was fucking nuts. College Gabe Davis. <laughs> College Gabe, Gabe Davis. <laughs> I don't know. Made a ton of money. No, as a uh, long the story heist. short, our uh, not not to cut us off or anything, but just like the bye week, it came at a great time for K State. They got to get healthy and everything, but man, I could have used it too. I was uh, we went straight into football season, fast and furious, and uh, my mental health self and salary job self and everything was just like, all right, let's take a fucking weekend and just dude sleep. Wait until, awesome. the, wait until the wait until the Chiefs relaxed. have a bye week. Oh, yeah. I know, dude. Oh my god, it, it doesn't matter though because like K State will still be playing and it'll fucking yeah. end. Me. I know, but I feel, like Sunday, I feel like a Sunday. I feel like a Sunday bye week is different than a Saturday because like Saturday you're anticipating for that Sunday game. You know, a Saturday no, game dude, and then a Sunday dude. bye week, you got nothing left. Not e- not even, dude. Like the Chiefs, like I don't worry about the Chiefs winning games because we have Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Okay. I was gonna. I was it's like, where are you going with this? <laughs> there's like, there's like twenty five. There's like eight teams in the league I worry about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, those are the games I worry about. Like Bills last week, and we'll get to that. Like, yeah. Tom, whoever Tom Brady's playing for, like that. But like K State, it's every fucking week. It's just fuck. Oh yeah. I it, there it, there's no upside to a K State week. Like ever, there's no <laughs> upside because they're right fuck in the middle of everything. So if you like lose to a good team, you waste an opportunity. If you lose to a bad team, then like you're just embarrassed. That's like, getting a quote no graphic. That's getting a quote graphic. That was beautiful. There's no upside each week. Like you have to win the game, or else it's just back to mid or. Mid- I, I don't go into the weekend saying how happy can I be. I go into the weekend saying how sad am I going to get. <laughs> I mean that's the thing though, right? Is like TCU. There's no upside to TCU. You win, you beat TCU, and you're at the top of the conference, and you feel really good on Sunday, and then you realize, oh fuck, we have to play Oklahoma State next week, and, and if we lose yeah. that, then we're already back to where we were the week prior. So then you have to beat Oklahoma State, and then, oh, fuck, there's Texas, and then, oh, fuck, there's Baylor, and then you got to go to Morgantown, which apparently is hard as fuck to do, and then you play KU, which is the least upside of all the games. I I really feel like it has a lot to do with not only, like, how just level the playing field is across college football, which is really weird to be saying right now, but, like, it's especially bad in the Big 12. But across all of college football, like, like we're ranked and it doesn't feel like it. I feel like we are just 
like a very mid team. I don't respect TCU at all, and they're ranked ahead of us. Like it really just feels like this is the like I said this before. The the gap between like the top four, three, four, five teams and like a hundred are just like nothing. They're just all the same. It's just mid versus mid. Yeah. You know what I can't wait for? God, you guys are gonna hate me for when I say this. The interception. No. Okay. <laughs> before, before we get to before we get to K State TCU because we do have to preview that game. Um, th- this basically is ending our Alabama Tennessee discussion. Um, I hope you guys are ready for Tennessee to win every single game except for the Georgia game. So they go 11 and one. And then I hope you're ready for Georgia to win every single game except for the SEC title game where Bama beats them. And I hope that you're ready for Alabama to win every single game for the rest of the year so that our college football playoff is Alabama at one, Ohio State at two, Georgia at three, and Tennessee at four. Or if Ole Miss just wins all the rest of their games, that works too. So I Yay. hope you're ready for that. Now, granted, okay, so if Ole Miss does beat Bama, Ole Miss is absolutely going to the SEC title game. To, on a more fun topic, let's uh, – to to cover the K-State game Dude, just a little bit. Beans is devastated that I – you know that's true too, Beans. You I'm know it's a reality. <laughs> yeah. What's going to really suck is when K-State, like – I actually plugged into the model of K-State one out because I'm a sicko and just want to dream. You're and it dangerous. only gives a 97% chance to make the playoff, which is, like, ridiculous. Hope's a drug, man. Don't do Dude, it. Dude, it is a drug. I hate it. Hope's like, a drug. Don't do it. Hope is a drug. And that's why I'm completely sold out on this game. K-State's going to TCU in their little cracker box, shitty-ass stadium. I don't think either of you two have been there. I've been there. That stadium is small as Fuck, I don't know how it fits 50,000 people in it. But it's a Cracker Box stadium, everything. And K-State's going to go down there and play the number eight ranked team in the nation, according to the Associated Press, the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs. Gavin, you have raised your hand. I just wanted us to pick, in order to uh, celebrate getting back to K-State football, who's getting targeted on the Adrian Martinez interception this week? Dude, I know. They put out that stat. I know. About, and it's like, going to happen. Yeah. Dude, it's gonna, you know what it's it gonna, is? It's going to be something dumb, too. It's good. Gavin, it's going to be I'm a going... defensive end. It's going to be a defensive end batting it down and picking okay. it off. That's what's going to happen. Okay, we no, got that it's going to be worse. It's going to absolutely be he's targeting Ben Sennett and it glances off his hands and, like, to some DB. Thank you for Gavin, taking like, because I, I can see it. I see Gavin sending me the text of, we have to get Ben Sennett involved <laughs> on my phone as I'm dying in Humboldt, Nebraska, trying to gain reception to watch this fucking game. <laughs> so Yeah, I have to go to a wedding. When this wedding was first announced, I thought, oh, like, TCU and K-State will be pretty, like, mid versus mid. This game won't matter. And, and then suddenly it, means it matters. Yeah, and now I'm like, wait a minute. Dallas is like only five hours away. I want to go to that game because I already got fucking drive four to go to Nebraska for this wedding. It's like, so now this wedding has completely ruined my weekend. Thank God it's a night game. The wedding, the wedding's in the afternoon and the reception's at like four. So like, I'll be able to watch the game. Oh, okay. But God, I wish I could have fucking gone to the game instead. 
I'm going to drive four hours to go to Nebraska and drive nine hours to go to Dallas. <laughs> Sam's going to be in this bathroom at the reception watching the game for like four hours and like three hours into it. He's going to like, hey, wait a second. Am I at work? <laughs> Actually, so what's funny is, is I, was texting my co- I was texting my cousin and her sister's husband is also like a massive K-State fan. So like she told me that he's going to be streaming the game too. So I'm going to use his phone and his data and his battery life because why not if he's yeah. offering i'm taking that's all i'm saying so that's but no happen. so my immediate thoughts about this game to actually like bring us to any sort of like cohesion is quentin johnson has been laying the fucking wood the last two yeah. weeks against he, he's basically been fucking us with the fucking everyone with the long dick of the laws pineapple or it's not pineapple <laughs> express what is that movie super bad super bad there you go yeah that's a super bad reference that i completely fucked up but yeah so quentin johnson is the law and he's fucking it fucking everyone with his long dick apparently he's been like absolutely dominating everyone and i honest to god have no fucking idea who is going to cover him like i do not know yeah, because this, Julius Brents is probably the best <coughs> matchup is, yes, physically yes. to him, as Brents is like six three six four and is like a good athlete. But Brents also is a better tackle, tackler than Josh Hayes, and I would feel more comfortable with Josh Hayes guarding him. But Josh Hayes is giving up like seven inches. Yeah, so I don't know how we're going to do it. I think it's um, going to be this is going to be a true test for the DBs. The, yeah. You know what they're going to do? They're going to bracket him with Brents and then um, uh, the linebacker. Uh, I mean, we just rotate uh, through I know you're talking about Allen, isn't it? Allen. Allen. Yeah, Nick Allen. The guy that can cover worth a damn. Uh, I mean, he, can't, he doesn't even cover that well. It's worth or pointing out. Is he, does more, enough, he does a good job. Nick Allen, if you're listening, you do do a good job. You're not elite by any means, but you do a good job. Damn. <laughs> Worth pointing out that Julius Brents is 6'4", too. So, like... Yeah, and that's what I mean. He matches up physically the best. Right. But, again, Josh Hayes is, like, absolutely the most sound, like... Yeah. Rock-solid player in yeah. terms of technical and, like, ability. Mm-hmm. And it's a trade. If you could, like, give Julius Brents, like, all the qualities of Josh Hayes, the dude would go in the fucking first round. Like, yeah, is that Captain America chamber them together? and Pretty much. But then yeah. we'd be down to DB and probably just give it up to everyone else on the field. So, yeah. yeah. So, so what is your score prediction? So, I think this one is tough, right? It, it's hard to get the Felix <laughs> and Udia Uzama game out of my head from last year. That's part of the reason why I don't think I respect TCU at this moment in time. I shouldn't say I don't respect them, but like I don't, I don't think they're the best team in the country. In the country, I respect them that they beat Oklahoma State, but I still don't think they should have beat Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State just kind of folded. Um, which again, like, sure. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen in this game. I. I think it's a true toss-up because I think it's going to be very hard for us to stop Quentin Johnston. Um, I think Max Duggan is a mobile quarterback, and I think we struggle a little bit with mobile quarterbacks. We saw that a little bit against Missouri. We saw that a little bit against Tulane. Dylan Gabriel popped off some runs. I think this is mostly going to come down to it being a night home game and discipline. 
And really, both teams have been kind of disciplined, but K-State probably a little bit less so. K-State does seem to give up some cheapy first downs just based off of, you know, being too amped, which I guess is better than being an idiot, but it still isn't great. Um, The one opening for K-State that I see that they could really take advantage of is that TCU is, like, coming off two pretty emotional wins, and they might be drained, and they're off of a bye. So I think K-State is a good chance, but I think it's probably going to be TCU just because home night game, and, like, it's hard yeah. to pick against home night game. And I'm going to hedge my bets on that, too, because I really would like to think K-State can win, but I think this is really more of a, like, Oh, 28 to 27 game for TCU with us missing like a field goal in the last couple minutes to lose the game or something like. So uh, for me, and I've always been one of the bigger climbing detractors out there. Um, what like one of the reasons for that is the reality that we just come out flat after bye weeks. That like, is true. That You know what? Take off one of my field goals. It's 28, 24 now. <laughs> I, I forgot we came up flat during the bye. I yeah. forgot all about that, and that's just a that is just something that has happened. Well, yeah, no, it's just like if you're a, if you're a really good coach, I expect you to come out ready to play, prepared, all that stuff out of a bye. We haven't done that. We're also like I'm still just a believer because we haven't played that well since we've been ranked. I just think that we haven't played good teams either. So like. Uh, there's just a lot of narratives working against K-State in this game for me, like in, in my head. Um, that said, I think we can just run the piss out of the ball on TCU. I don't really trust their defense all that much. Uh, I think TCU ha- just has more talented guys on offense. I could see this getting a pretty high-scoring game. Um, I'm going to say uh, 31 to 27 um, out K-State, I guess. Yeah, I Really feels like just a toss-up game to me because it's such a weird game. So one other thing I want to put onto that, um, when you say you don't trust TCU's defense, I do kind of agree that like their defense is worse than ours on paper at least. My biggest problem, and this has always been a K-State problem, maybe it won't be this year, is K-State is usually pretty fundamentally sound and pretty like strong and like that kind of stuff. And whenever you're playing a team that has a bunch of athletes on it, like TCU does, kind of like Tulane does, it becomes a problem where they can swarm faster than you can scheme. Yeah. And I think that's another issue for me is, and that's an that's kind of what I saw against KU for the first half is, you're fast and violent on defense, and that like helps you make more plays. Yep. And like on top of even building more on top of that for K-State's offense, we still haven't seen the game script. And I I think even though we were just down to Tulane, I think that or like we weren't down much. I think that we were kind of so shell-shocked. We kind of did this anyways to where it's like, fuck, all of a sudden we're down two scores. We got to throw the ball to get back into this game. And all of a sudden K-State gets away from what they do really well. Um, Obviously, I think that that's like a problem on like Colin and our coaching staff. If we do do that, I would understand if that happens. But like we just haven't been put in a situation this year because of our defense where 
we just get down two scores quickly and like start to panic. And I'm worried that if we do that, we have a guy at quarterback that has been very, very, very protected so far. And if we got to start uncorking the ball, we can't protect them. And it just feels like that could be a deal. That's the scenario where TCU just runs away with this thing and we just dig a hole. And that's a scary thought too. So I'm going to go at this from a kind of a little bit of a different perspective. I think I get the idea that like we're horrible off the buy, like, you know, we don't play up to our expectations. I think Kleiman and Klein are going to scheme the shit out of this for the first half. And we're going to be up. Like we're going to feel like we're just pounding their dicks in the dirt. Like we're going to be up like 17, 21, 21 to zero, you know, like we're just, we're ahead. And then I think we're just going to lose it. (laughs) I think we're just going to, I just think we're just going to fall apart. I think we're just, it's just going to crumble. And I don't know why it just feels like it just, I don't know. It's just one of those, football is just one of those sports, you know, you just have that feeling where it's going to happen and then it happens, you know? Um, I don't know if like 21 to zero is like going to be the actual halftime score, but in the end, I think it's going to be 42, 31 K state losing. I just feel like the first half we're going to own it. We're going to be ahead by a good margin. And then the second half, we just fall apart. The, the, de- the defense just doesn't know how to figure it out. Like they'll go TC will go into halftime. They'll change what they're doing and then they'll come back and just fireworks. Quentin Johnson will go off. We're still waiting on the game where like our offense is struggling. Like we've seen all season and the defense just folds. Like we're still waiting on that game Mm -hmm. because we know it's coming. Like it's only a matter of time with as bad of an offense as we have before. Just like effort is just like, out the door on defense because yeah like it, why? It's, right this this is going to be like I, I the humbling say, game. this is going to be like the humbling game i know two, we lost a two lane but i think this is going to be the humbling game in my opinion i'm i'm not sure if it, i i feel like we can definitely lose this game right i even predicted it um i don't know if this will be the humbling game though i feel like that might be more of like texas low-key yeah i guess that's because, true. like coming off of a bye i wouldn't expect like the effort and I don't want to say it's effort. The energy, like, from the defense just not being there. And, I mean, I've seen Texas do that before. Bijan Robinson ran for, like, 200 yards on senior day, like, two years ago. And we had a, we had a good defense that year. And, like, the la- after the – oh, man. After that Baylor game, they were just done. Like, yeah. after that whole year of Will Howard. But, all right, so we got TCU, Beans is TCU, and Gavin's got K-State and Nicolosi. So, a lot of a lot of bet hedging, except for Gavin. Gavin wants that number one spot from Beans. <laughs> it's a battle of the number ones. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I don't, I don't care, man. I, I don't care about being right. I care about hedging bets. I only care about being right if it's uh, – if it behooves me. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, I – Oh man, like I'm wrong on TCU. Well, good. K State fucking won, I guess. But I, I genuinely think this is gonna be a very hard game. They yeah. can win. Yeah. But it it's, I agree. Okay. I, I feel like it's a game where if you shut Quentin Johnson down, with or Johnston. I keep saying Johnston. John, I say Johnston. Johnston. Johnston, yeah. Yeah. Um, like if you cut him off and he goes sub 100, they're gonna win the game because I don't think mm-hmm. TCU's got too much else on offense. It's mm-hmm. mostly just that. I mean, they have they have that one kid who's really quick. Oh, and like and also a good receiver, but like, can I gotta I gotta get this out for myself too. And this is mostly directed at like not not even just KU fans, but like just fans that have played TCU. And like I want to like get this out before we play them. Quentin Johnson is a uber talented and really good wide receiver. 
But, like, just because he's a really talented and really good wide receiver in college does not mean that, like, because he put up a bunch of yards on your team, you can just be like, this dude's an obvious first-rounder, like, first-ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. Like, no wonder he put up a bunch of yards and stuff on us. Like, he's really good. Quentin Johnson is a really, really good college receiver, and there's a lot of niche people, like, in, like, the Dynasty Fantasy community that are really high on him that I've seen. But dude is like a second or third yes. round, like projected. Yeah. Somebody's like, going to reach for him, though. Somebody's he's like, reach. he's like Christian Watson. I would imagine after the combine, he's going to go and be mocked in that range. Yeah. Like it's pretty much the same thing. Super fast, super big. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. We need to move on. I have no idea who the Chiefs are playing this week, but they lost 40, the Bills last week. 49ers. That's 49ers, that's right. So the Chiefs did lose to the Bills this last week, and kind of a heartbreaker. The Chiefs definitely had a chance to go and win the game sometime in the late third, early fourth quarter. They did not. They stayed up by four points, I believe. We lost by three, didn't we? I didn't really pay attention. To four, 24 to 20. Oh, that is right. Yeah, so the Chiefs had plenty of opportunities to either A, put the game away up by three, or make it to where they only needed a field goal um, or whatever, to where they would be down by a couple. But they didn't, and the Bills went on a big-ass drive to end the game to cap it off to win 24-20, to as Bean so helpfully pointed out to the host who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Patrick Mahomes got absolutely baited by Jalen Johnson, who couldn't even fly on the way back from Buffalo to Kansas City because of his ribs, so he had to ride in a lift service. That is crazy. What was it like? I can't remember like the exact amount. hours. Yeah, he, but no, there's, there's like 30 a, hours round trip to play in that game. Like, that's crazy. Did, like, hats somebody off. Did like, somebody did, like, how much it would have cost for him to do that, and it was just, like, dummy, like, how expensive it was. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. Yeah. But good for him. I mean, that was a great bait. Uh, congrats on playing the game like for real respect that's like an Um, alpha that's like an alpha move like i can't i can't fly but i'm gonna drive there and i'm gonna like i'm still gonna fucking be there yeah Um, that's yeah honest to god the chiefs had opportunities harrison butker missed a field goal after making a 62 yarder dude that Um, was that was i want to talk about that for a second that was beautiful that is why i love football the fact that he's gone, been gone for a couple weeks. Previous week, Matt Wright just, you know, like what Sam said, eat your heart out. Matt Wright hits that, what was it, 59 yards, arrowhead, yep, arrowhead record. record. And then Harrison Bucker comes back the next week after recovering from an Achilles slash foot slash hamstring slash whatever it was injury and just annihilates a 62-yard field goal and pimps it. He pimped that fucking kick. Well, I wish he would have pimped the 50-yarder that he missed the very next possession. Well, that happened. But the 62-yarder was gorgeous. It was beautiful. That's why I love sports. So I think from my perspective, this this game was a classic, like, boxing match, kind of, Mm -hmm. right? And it really felt like Buffalo – it felt like Kansas City was, like, the technical kind of guy. Like the, it felt like a Floyd Mayweather type deal where, you know, Floyd's going to dance around. He's going to get his jabs in. He's going to beat you like very technically and like win on the points. Right. Like that's kind of how Kansas city approached it. Very methodical, like long drives, like all that kind of stuff. And Buffalo was a, 
a lot like a Mike Tyson type person who's just going to fucking knock you out with one punch. And that kind of played out that way. I mean, especially at the end of the first half where Gabe Davis got a very long touchdown reception and Buffalo went 98 yards to end the quarter, I believe it was. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to win football games, but it definitely feels like the Chiefs let this one go. Obviously, like, it's better to let this one go than the one in December slash January go. Yep. I I am proud of the Chiefs because they hung with them without their starting corner. Their, uh, (laughs) you have, when you have, I mean, I don't want to talk about injuries between the two teams because the Bills are missing a lot of other pieces. Yes. But I feel like, what the Chiefs are missing outplay what the Bills are missing. Like I, I feel don't like, agree with you on that because they're missing yeah. an all pro safety. And they're missing and, their like. But we're missing corner. we're missing a really yeah. Good, they're missing two missing, all pro secondary guys, and we still didn't throw the ball. And we well. we ran out there with two rookie corners and tried to guard yeah. Gabriel Davis and but, Stephon Diggs. But that's that's the problem. Our like rookies when we play them again are still going to be rookies. They're yeah, I mean, no season, but they're no James Bradbury. <laughs> you guys are just gonna hang that over my head. Yeah, I, I am gonna hang I, it over your head. I am, James Bradbury would fucking help. But I am proud that like we only lost by four to what could have been a bloodbath. Like Joshua Williams, say what you say what you want to say. Like that game happened, and he got you know, I'm not gonna say he got torched. He got shown up by Stephon Diggs as he should have. But I think in a couple of years, like that game is like the kind of the stepping stone of him improving, I hope, because like he had to guard one of the best receivers in the league. I. Yeah, so I, I agree. <laughs> no, like I agree with you, like my because my, my takeaways from this game and the first part, like completely agrees with you, like a it really is OK. Like yeah. we are a young team. We're at a completely different spot and just mm-hmm. our team building process as Buffalo. Buffalo's Buffalo, still like good. hear me out here. Where the Chiefs were in 2019, like yes. we had we had to win that game in 2019 because we had the most salary cap. We were getting our veterans, you know, yep. in the right moment. Patrick Mahomes was still young, not hitting his expensive contract. Travis Kelsey was in the prime age. That's where the Bills are now. Next yeah, year, yeah, I mean, jo- Josh Allen's contract is hitting like 25, 30 million. Stephon Diggs' contract's hitting the multi million dollars, you know, and who knows where Vaughn Miller's going to be if he, you know, it, this is this, where the Bills are this year is where the Chiefs were in 2019. Like, this is the year they have to win it because they're going to get expensive. Yes. Yeah. So, like, for real, though, like, I've talked about this before. But you got to win, like, Super Bowls when you have the opportunity to. And this and is their right year. Now, their, their chips are in. Like, I think an important distinction for Chiefs fans are is there's a big difference between being a contender. Like, contenders can win titles. The Rams were, like, a contender last year. And eh, the Rams were, like, an all-in contender. But, like, I don't they think were. really any – no one, like, really considered them, like, a favorite to win. Yes. But they did. And, but, like, they, but they had their chips all in that year. Yeah, like you can be you can be a contender and all in, but like they weren't necessarily like a favorite. They aren't like the Bucks or the Chiefs yes. or like the uh even the Bills a little bit from last year, but mostly yeah. Bucks and Chiefs and then like the Packers. Th- those were the three like big contender like favorite. literal like yes. favorite. Yeah. And there's a big difference between being a favorite and a contender, and the Chiefs are contenders 
And those teams win 10 to like 13-ish games. And favorites usually win like 12 to 15 games. Like there's about a two-game-ish difference between that. Like favorites don't play playoff games on the road. Contenders are going to have to. That's just the way it works. No, so I, I think it's a little bit of a mental adjustment for Kansas City fans is even at the beginning of the season when you're looking at it, you have to prepare yourself for the fact that we, if we make it to the AFC title game, we're probably not playing that at home this year. We're going to have to beat someone good on the road. We're not right? going to be favorites in that game, no. betting-wise. Yeah. No. And, like, that's the thing is, like, that game played out as the contenders took the lead and had chances to win. And the favorites won because they're the favorites, right? Yeah. They're the better team. And that's not to say that, you know, yeah, and they are the better team. And that's not to say that Kansas City can't come back in the playoffs and go to Buffalo and win, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we are absolutely not saying that. Like, that is and that's, something that could happen. That's like, the Bengals made the playoffs last year, and the Bengals weren't even – I wouldn't even say the Bengals were, like, really contenders last year. They were, like, a Cinderella run, really. I mean, they're, like, contenders this year, obviously. And that's what that Maybe. game really that, that's what that game really was was home field advantage for the playoffs. That's what that game was. Like, yeah, who's who's fighting for that spot? I just think in my head that game is different with Willie Gay, Trent McDuffie, and a healthy Brian Cook. We didn't have Brian Cook. I, I think he would have made a difference. Yeah. Uh, it, it, to like build on so I guess big picture, these teams are in different team building aspects, blah, blah, blah. For this mm-hmm. year specifically, like Buffalo completely healthy, us completely healthy, regardless Buffalo of what field better. we're at, Buffalo's a better team. Like yeah. we've got that. And at the end of the year, there's no amount of projecting our rookies getting better that's going to make us a better team than Buffalo, even at the end of the year. Like obviously we want our young guys to develop. They're going to develop. They're going to get better, play more, all that stuff. So yeah. the, my, the only thing that would even get us close is if Trent McDuffie came back and like turned into like a pro bowl caliber player over the last like, half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. No. Or, the, like, and like if Cardalafis like keeps doing what he's doing and all that. Stuff. I just want Trent McDuffie to do what Kyer Elam did to Marquez Valdez scaling in the end zone. I just want him picking off from six foot four wide receivers. That's what I want. So that goes perfectly into my <laughs> – Next up here, because the Chiefs are linked to OBJ, which uh, I mean, we can bring up, we can talk about. Uh, it is, we've talked about it in nauseam on here. The Chiefs, that's the problem with our roster this year. We get rid of Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's balling out in Miami, regardless of what insurance salesman is throwing him the ball. And we cannot. No, 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 no. Whatever concussion protocol person is throwing the ball. Yeah. that's All of, uh, all of them are uh, concussion protocol. Anyways. So hey, two uh, about now. They'll just rotate though. The the NFL on average, like as a league, has moved to playing primarily zone defense. Sixty percent of the time on average across the league, teams are playing zone. It didn't used to be that way. That's where it's gone. And Bills and is essentially and Bills yeah. is one of those teams. I'm pretty sure they're like a 75% predominant zone team. They, they were. Do you know mm-hmm. what they did coming into this game? Because our wide receivers suck. They ran all man. And I don't blame them whatsoever. We paid two of the like worst separators against man coverage in the NFL. Like not, I don't want to say massive contracts, but those are the guys that we picked to come mm. in, replace Tyree kill in the aggregate. And like, 
Marcus Valdez Scantling has the like dropped at like touchdown and double coverage. Now is he in double coverage because the like scheme that they're running because he can't separate? I don't know on that play. We have a like Juju like had a good game, but at the same time like al almost all of his production came on pretty much just one play where he broke a couple tackles and ran to the end zone when he hadn't broke a single tackle coming into this game. Breaks three on one play, goes to the end zone. Like, can we bank on that? I don't know. Can we bank no. on uh, Buckner making a 62-yard field goal like consistently when he missed a 50? Like I don't know. That's we. My point is the Chiefs' offense had a lot go right in this game and still lost. The, the underlying issue, look, it honestly didn't even look that good to be honest. No, like the text I sent to you guys that just like perfectly in my mind encapsulates it, like. Gabe Davis lines up, gets single coverage on the outside, beats his man off the line, presses his corner, separates at the catch point, gets a touchdown. Josh Allen fits it in there before the safety can get over. We get out there on offense, and it really feels like Travis Kelsey is just telling Mahomes, I'm going to run to space. And it just, like, doesn't work consistently because we aren't relying on talent. We aren't Let's relying see. on anything other than just, like, hoping our schemed receiver gets open on that play. Uh, here's my little rant here just for just a smidge. It is that simple, though. Travis Kelsey running into space is that simple. Andy Reid, like, he runs concepts, not plays. He runs – but when is when – when are they – when are they going to figure out that Juju Smith-Schuster is just really fucking good at running slants? Let's just keep running him slants, giving him the slant routes, and he's going to be it, open 95%. When are we going to figure out that Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't good at the jump ball, but he's really good at at just fucking speed. Just He's just fast and he's tall. Yeah. Yeah. And when are we going to figure out that Sky Moore is okay to run plays? I get it. Randy Reed doesn't like playing rookies. I get it. But at some point, you have to realize that, that Sky Moore is – how do I put this? Right now, he's charted as our best separator against he man is. coverage on and first he start, basis. He's, That's not he me started, saying that. That is he like started that game. That, yeah. And he started that game too. And I feel like the Chiefs are. I'm kind of going on like different routes here. I do feel like the Chiefs really miss Blake Bell. We don't have a run blocker for a tight end. Noah Noah Gray does not block very well. And I don't know where Noah Gray is at. Everybody talked about how good he was at receiving. And right now, our team is just chock full of receiving tight ends and no blocking tight ends. And that's what yeah. Michael Burton's for. But you only see Michael Burton come in for two plays, and that's it. Where I, is Where are the schemes at? What is happening here? Well, I really feel like when a uh, – it's really easy to scheme people open against zone coverage because you kind of just flood people to an area of the field and expect the zone defenders to go in a specific direction because that's where their Madden circles are. And when you're in man coverage, like you're getting at the end of the day, you're still getting chased by a man. He's not going away. You have to fit. This is why this is why uh, the percentiles for like success rates for man coverage are lower across the NFL than zone coverage because it's easier to separate against man coverage. You just run to space, literally, quite literally. Man coverage, you like got to have some talent. You got to beat your guy. And other yep. than Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs don't have that right now, or at least they're, no. not, they're refusing to pay him. And it's very, very Chiefs for us to refuse to pay the rookie and rather go and get a, like, kind of diva wide receiver who's aging, who's, like, coming off of a major injury that possibly could cause locker room issues instead of just, like, pay play the players that we drafted to, like, 
perform that specific role. That is doing it when he gets a chance. And not only did we lose to a man coverage team, we lost to a man coverage team with a spy. That means like they gave up a player to just specifically, and we got annihilated by the three man rush and they were generating pressure with, you know, I I think that's one thing that gets lost in this whole thing is that Buffalo's D line is disgusting. And they made, they they made our line look like jumps. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this too. Like, I don't want us to sign a trade. I don't want us to sign. I don't want that to happen. I don't want a receiver coming in at the trade block here. We'll talk yeah, about that. Really we'll talk about that about later. Like, and, and we'll talk about that later when we talk about the Travis Kelsey situation. But I just want our O-line to figure it out. I don't care if Orlando Brown Jr. has feelings and he wants to play left tackle and get paid left tackle money. Move that goddamn big motherfucker to the right side where he's probably going to block better, and that's where he's probably the best at. He's going to get paid more playing right tackle than he is left tackle. Andrew Wiley, I gave him his flowers. He's playing right tackle now, but he's better at left tackle. Pump Joe Tooney out to left tackle, and it's figured out. It's fixed. It's fixed. I do want to give our offensive line at least some benefit of the doubt because we do have a talented offensive line. No, we've seen them play tackle good. Tackle to tackle, I think it's the best in the league. I'm like, I'll Buff- say that Buffalo has a great defensive line, but like a lot of the issues that Kansas City's offensive line, regardless of who is there, runs into is just kind of the reality that like Patrick Mahomes, like receivers aren't separating. Patrick Mahomes has always been kind of a longer average time to throw guy. He likes to leak out the back and not really help out his offensive line a whole lot. Now, he he does really, really well with it. So this isn't a knock on Patrick yeah. Mahomes. No, yeah, he yeah, absolutely creates reality. a lot of his own pressure. Yes. Like, let's but not act like I, he doesn't. If you watch – if you Andrew Wiley's a little bit better, but you watch our tackles set, I puke every time. It's gross. It's horrendous. I, I, I can't explain it. Like, it's just horrendous watching them trying to pass block. They can't do it. I think it's gross watching Marcus Valdez Scantling make a 90 degree turn on a football field, but that is very true. <laughs> so that that's the end of my rant. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, no, I I agree with that. But said. with all these problems, we're only losing by four points. Yes, that's the uh, yeah. that's crazy in my opinion. We're, that's I, I I do think again, like we're going to have to fake. I think I think at the end of the day, like the very end of everything. It's going to come down to whether or not we can run the ball. And we couldn't run the ball against Buffalo, which meant they could just sit in man coverage, which meant that we can we get exposed on our separation issue. Beans' light is doing a poltergeist. Yeah, I, I don't know and what the fuck's going on with my light right now. Your house now. is fucking haunted. It's just the way it upstairs. Yeah, it's Gavin at the bar. (laughs) That's a that's a great joke that none of you guys will get. Yeah, no, like (laughs) I, uh, I, I I feel like it comes down to whether we can run the ball or not, and like that sounds really fucking stupid, but if we can run the ball, then we are going to force heavier boxes, which is going to force a more probably zone-ish diet or at the very least one-on-one coverage. And then there you go. That's how we can win games. Even beyond just running the ball, like can our offense be good enough to dictate what the defense is doing? Exactly. Like, yeah. Cause one of the, one of the great things about a Tyreek Hill-esque receiver that's also just missing 
is like defenses had to play with safeties 15 yards deep or they had to play in like specific they had to play football a specific way to account for Tyreek we see this with Aaron Donald we see this with superstars around the league we're like the defense can only do so many things because of a specific player a specific whatever and like teams literally just don't care about Travis Kelsey like they literally just like we're gonna put a linebacker on you he's gonna lose kind of like Cooper Cup honestly like He's going to beat our linebacker a bunch and he's going to get a hundred yards or like whatever. But at the end of the day, like the rest of the offense is not going to be that good. And we're just okay living with that. And I don't blame defenses for doing that right now. Cause there's nothing else on the chiefs offense to threaten them. Yeah. Okay. So I don't mean to like move us along, but we really, uh, move I, along. I think we need to move along. <laughs> yeah. 49, 49ers. Like, I don't think we really need to talk much about them. Like, they got a really good defense and are super mid on offense. Woo! Like, yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much, right? I mean, they have some good playmakers hey. between Brandon Ayuk and Debo. But other than that, Jimmy G's running the show. Um, but the defense is one of the best in the league. So it's it's going to be the battle of tight, tight end. Uh, battle of the tight, tight end tight university, end baby. Yeah. It's going to be a going to be a great game in that aspect. So what's your guys' score predictions? So this one's tough. Um, I do think that the 49ers have a legitimate shot to actually win this game because of their defense. I feel like whenever the Chiefs have played against a team that has some talent on defense, they kind of struggle. Yeah. So I'm going to, like, just bet that Kansas City wins. They usually play pretty good after coming off of a loss. Um, I think it's going to be a lot lower scoring. I, I think our defense is also good enough to just not get ran rough shot on the Niners because I don't think the Niners are super good on offense anyways. Um, I think this is really more of like a 21 to like 18 type game or something something weird scorish like that because of reasons. But I think the Chiefs will pull it out in the end. It'll just be kind of lower scoring and ugly and like yeah. those are games that you just got to win. Yep. Yeah, this this game is one of those really weird games where like San Fran has a just better roster across the board except for the one position that matters more than all of them. And it's a really wide gap from Jimmy Garoppolo to Patrick Mahomes. I uh, I got to go with the quarterback there. I agree with Sam with like a low scoring game. I don't know. I pretty much agree with Sam on that. Just 24-20 something. But also one thing on the 49ers defense They've been one of the best in the league already this year and have been doing that without Nick Bosa for most of it. And he's coming back for this game and is now a healthy practice and pulled today. You really just wanted to piss me off there, didn't you? Yeah. So, again, to piggyback off of that, would not be surprised if Kansas City lost this game like 17 yeah. or something like that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, that's my score. I have the Chiefs winnings. I was going to have it a little bit higher, but 17 to 14 sounds about right. All the NFL games have been really like low scoring, so I think it's going to be just a low scoring affair. So I, I personally think, um, and this is a topic for another day, but I think a lot of defenses have kind of just decided that they're going to make teams methodically march the ball, which is just mm-hmm. taking up more clock, yes. which is making games fewer possessioned and lower scoring. Yeah, and that's kind of why we've seen inconsistencies with big play offenses like Cincinnati and like, you know, the bills even kind of like the Bills kind of an inconsistent offense at times. Yeah, no, I agree. Except for Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is fucking good all the time. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so we've we've marched through the meat and potatoes, what everyone actually wanted to come for. But now it's time for a little bit more in-depth stuff, a little more niche stuff, you know, since we moved this around. These are quick hitters. Um, one of the big quick hitters and to stay on the Chiefs that came, I believe, two days ago was Travis Kelsey has restructured his contract in order to convert all of his salary this year into signing bonus, which will clear around $3 million in cap space for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that begs the question, A, who are we getting? And B, who should we be getting? Beans, you are the resident cap expert and best roster builder in terms of pro football knowledge, I would probably presume. So who do you think we're going to get and who do you actually want? Okay, so before the Chiefs were sitting at a whopping $500,000 in cap space, you know how much they had the year before? $8 million. That's crazy. Usually you want to sit about that mark, $8 million mark. So we're talking pennies compared to last year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I am glad Travis Kelsey, you know, he just shows up one day and is like, oh, I'm just going to get paid all of it today. Why not? That sounds great. Um, as far as who the Chiefs are going – Chiefs aren't trading for anybody. Let's be real. Like no, we're all going to, we're all going to be disappointed. I want there, Brian Burns. There I want so, more. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. I want there are so Burns. many people who are like, oh my God, we're getting CMC or we're getting Brian Burns or we're getting like DJ Moore. And it's like, no, we're not. Like, I don't like, know what you're okay. talking about. Is Carolina going on a garage sale spree here? What's going on? I don't know why they would. They have control over all of those players. Like, it's I not know. like. It's not like any of those – like, people are like, oh, they traded Robbie Anderson. They're selling everyone. It's like, Robbie Anderson got kicked yeah. out of the fucking game last week for being a fucking unless, jackass. Unless those players are not. Unless I, those I players genu- are – Like, I genuinely don't even know what Robbie Anderson went for. Like, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, like, does anyone actually know uh, what Robbie Anderson He went Anderson for a six and a conditional seven. Yes. I can't so, even believe they nothing. got that. I, I know. He was going to get I would have thought it would have been like a conditional seventh in like two years. Like, that's what yeah. I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, they didn't trade Robbie Anderson for fucking anything. They traded him for locker room cohesion. Yeah. Unless, I mean, what the, what that, what Robbie Anderson did was just tell the Panthers, like, hey, this is what you got to do to get out of here. Anyways, and good um, for Robbie Anderson because the Panthers, yeah, dude, people, that was so, so many people were like trying to say that was like an OBJ thing. And it's like, that was not an OBJ thing. That was just someone being a fucking ass. Yeah. Like, it was unprofessional, like, for sure. But people were but, like, oh, Robbie Anderson's, like, a head case. He's a fucking cancer. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, Robbie Anderson's been, like, playing with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and P.J. Walker and the ghost to Cam Newton his whole career. Like, cut the dude some slack. Like, Robbie Anderson's going to end up catching, like, 800 yards in fucking Arizona for no goddamn reason. But – to make to come back to this, I don't think the Chiefs are going to do anything with this. I think it's just free money. I think that they're just wanting to feel more comfortable about the situation that they're in. There's really nobody that you can really sign for. The trade market is kind of weird right now. The only teams that are active there is right no now, trade market. There's, no, there's yeah. never a. Here's you don't, the thing. The Chiefs need an offensive line. A team's not going to get rid of a starting offensive lineman right now. A Chiefs need an edge. No team's going to get rid of a star edge rusher right now. We got Melvin Ingram last year, and that was because the Steelers are running a poverty organization at moments. Sam? No, like, the thing is, is, like, people love to be, like, look at the NBA and Major League Baseball and be like, oh, like, it's the trade deadline. Stuff happens. And it's like, 
it never happens in the NFL. Yeah, ever. no, ever. Tra- trades don't happen, and if they do, they're uninteresting the, as fuck. The trade deadline is like so like uh um whelming. Not, it's 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 underwhelming. Yeah, it doesn't no, like you, like the thing is is you don't add like players for picks at that time. Yeah, it's you move dudes who like are kind of whatever to like someone who wants a small niche upgrade, or you're swapping someone for like a special teamer. Yeah, like what? No, I don't even like one of the biggest like trades. It technically didn't even happen in like NFL history. Probably at the trade deadline, it's like AJ McCarron for a second, and like that trade yeah. didn't even go through because of the Browns being idiots. But like that's a massive trade, and it's a backup quarterback that some team's gonna have as a starter. Like tra- trades just don't happen like that in the no. uh, regular season. What, it just doesn't happen. What this what this really did? Sorry, Gavin. What this really mm-hmm. did was just freed up cap space to sign uh, practice squad players because we were in cap strap hell. I mean, like if we wanted to move players around from the practice squad or not, we couldn't. So now this gives us some freedom, mm-hmm. Gavin. I was just going to say, like, I completely agree. I don't think the Chiefs are going to do anything. What Should would we? you do if you were the Chiefs? Like, if you – if th- and let's just assume players, like, has to make sense. Like, Carolina will trade, like, aging players or maybe even Brian Burns because he's towards the end of his rookie contract and they don't want to pay him or, like, whatever. But, like, make sure it makes some reasonable sense, but who are you going to get? And – I, you could even say that us having the flexibility to add and move around uh, practice squad players is valuable enough. Like, yeah. I'm just curious who you guys think. I true for me, it is Brian Burns. Like, if we're gonna like have a chance this year, I don't think there's a wide receiver. We're just gonna like go and get to like turn this passing game around. I think we already have that guy on our roster. Um, we we gotta like fix this not fix this defense but win in other ways and that's having an elite defense i mean and i would go get brian burns i'd throw a second at him and just like try to figure out a way to pay him if we could and if not then you can tag him and move on but i mean personally i think for for my money i think you're targeting one vet that gets like bought out or like just is ready to move on and it's not like it's a vet that's an edge rusher or a vet that's like a corner or something or like linebacker vet. valuable position you're you're looking for some dude probably i i would say the kind of guy that you're looking to bring in is some dude who's like kind of not doing anything on a bad team that's like 28 and is like an ace special teams guy or something that can like play a little bit of like linebacker a rotational role on defense or something yeah like I, I i don't think i don't think you're really looking i don't know who that player is but like i don't think we're looking three million dollars isn't going to get you a major upgrade is yeah. basically what i'm getting at like yeah that gives you the opportunity to bring in like a veteran like off the street but i i want to say this i i do not hate odell beckham jr i do not like the idea of signing odell beckham jr because why would you bring in a player who's already hurt? Yeah. I understand like the idea of it. It just feels like Josh Gordon and Odell is better than Josh Gordon. And Odell would be better than Josh Gordon. If he came and played for us, like I'm almost for certain of that. It just very well feels like this is like Josh Gordon and Lev Bell. And it's like, I don't, 
I don't feel like we need to add skill. I mean, yes, I think we need to be better on the skill positions, but I just don't see Odell taking a number that's going to be $3 million in cap space from us when he can get more money from a team that's probably going to be better or just as good yes. or better than us. Yep. No, like, I, I like we just don't have the money for it. Like, he wanted a Michael Gallup-type contract. Like, we're that was not so going to fucking be able to offer him that. <laughs> So the player that I've been seeing a lot, like, over the past few days, and I didn't really – is Robert Quinn. And he's had kind of an underwhelming season, but so did Melvin Ingram when he was with the Steelers. So I think mm-hmm. I think that's just the same st- – and same with Terrell Suggs. It happened with Terrell he's Suggs. He's a D-tackle from the uh, Bears. Yes. Well, he's an edge. Yeah. So he's yeah. like – But You're, you're thinking I of think, – oh, God, what's that one guy's name? I can't remember his name. He was, like, really – Akeem Hicks. That's Akeem Hicks. Hicks. There you go. Know. But uh, Team Hicks is like Loki, really good when he plays. Yeah. He never plays. Robert Quinn was on the other side, so I think, yeah. I think something like that is a fun addition. Like I said, it matches that role. You know, the same thing. Terrell Suggs, we got him. He was a veteran aging out. You know, Melvin Ingram, veteran aging out. Ingram still playing and is still producing. Uh, uh, this is this guy. Is, um, he was the same thing too. Offsides in the playoffs against New England. D Ford. Yeah, D Ford. He was the same. Player. Yeah. Yeah, so this is something I see happening here. Like, his his cap is a little bit high. Um, I'm How curious much to probably get the Bears to eat some of that money, though. Right. Uh, I the think other ten, thing too. Go ahead. I, I think ten and a half is where it's at. Yeah. So like the thing too is is there's already a relationship there with polls being mm-hmm. in. Oh yeah. With so, Paul's already being there, like that's a pretty easy link. That's already a relationship. That's kind yeah. of doing a solid for yeah for like your ex boss. I mean, but yeah, I think that's the thing that people need to realize is if if the Chiefs add someone, that's a big thing. If they add someone, it's not gonna be fun. No. Like it, it's gonna be a role player because exactly. that's that's what Robert trade deadline. And that's what Robert Quinn is. Like Gavin's mm-hmm. idea of Brian Burns is like top tier pipe starting dream. pipe dream yes day one he's yeah. a starter obj is like what the fans want but like in the reality in the back of your minds like that's not gonna happen robert quinn is like that yeah i can see it happening that's kind of realistic but is it gonna happen probably not if there was gonna be a vet wide out that we brought in like is there anyone like for fucking cheap like on a bad team like, robert, i'm trying to uh, deshaun jackson <laughs> Um, I was no, because like the Titans aren't necessarily like not contending right now. That's the thing is the NFL Kenny, trade deadline like Kenny Gallagher. The NFL trade deadline is like such in a weird spot to where like all the bad teams like genuinely don't know they're bad yet. Yeah, Brandon so, I mean, you'd, you'd be looking for I, someone. I, from, like, I I yeah. think like the best receiver you could probably get like realistically would be a dude like fucking Brandon cooks or something. Yeah. I, well, I just said him, but they just signed him to a contract extension. This offseason. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably something you don't do then. Like a James, somebody like a James Washington would be nice too. He's coming back. Yeah. From being like hurt sur- and he's surplus like on Dallas. They don't need him anymore. Like James Washington. Yeah. There you go. You get someone like that. Yeah. Our problem um, with a lot, my problem with a lot of those guys is like, as, as much shit as I do talk on Juju and MBS and all those They're guys. better than those guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't think there's a wide receiver you could actually currently get. Odell's the only one that has a chance to really make an impact. 
everyone else really doesn't. But like, I don't, I don't want to pay for like a dude who might make an impact off of a bad ACL injury. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd rather Lane just get Tyler Robert. Is basically, a player acquisition at this point. Like, yeah. For, in all reality, just like putting him on the football field. Yeah. Not for not thirty percent snaps. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else like just. No, but uh, in the league that would be fun. Um, I I read something about Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne could be kind of like funsies, I guess. I but. I just don't think we need a wide receiver, and I get it. No, I don't think receiver. so either. I'm just trying to spitball like who would and be you, realistic. You guys would be Tyreek Hill. We have like the assets that we. You guys are gonna make fun of me for this, but let's just get a veteran corner. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm gonna make fun of you for that. Season. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, so, like, being, so what changed? Better. Because our rookie corners are actually playing better than we expected. <laughs> Injuries. You forgot. Injuries. You forgot Injuries. that players oh, actually okay. get hurt. Okay, it doesn't have to be a veteran. A veteran DB is that is that better for you? I mean, we have like I four just, safeties that like we're okay playing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who the vet corner it's, would be. It's corner. Like, I, I feel I like know, we, we could just somebody. trade for James Bradbury for half what, a season. You are you are Pat Peterson at someone said Pat Pete or something like as a joke, you aren't gonna get like, a offensive lineman. Pat Pete? You aren't gonna get an offensive lineman. Nobody's gonna be trading offensive linemen. You might get a wide receiver, but I don't want any more wide receivers because I think we're fine. It's okay. You're not gonna get a running back because running backs are kind no, of expendable at this point. Um. Edge rushers, I, I just want us to stop the other team from scoring more points than us. And hey, that, that'd be a nice start. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah. Start. So, like a corner, a DB, uh, edge rusher, interior defensive lineman, hell, even a linebacker. Throw one in that room. Why not? So, so basically, with these trades, we already mentioned Robbie Anderson going to the Cardinals. The Cardinals also get another wide receiver acquisition with DeAndre Hopkins. Coming back from injury, he looked a little bit musty last year, but obviously DeAndre Hopkins is a very good wide receiver. Unfortunately for Arizona, the reason they trade for Robbie Anderson is the fact that Marquise Hollywood Brown suffered a foot injury, and I have seen that he will miss at least a month or he'll be out for the season. We don't know, so it could literally be anything. So as of now, they're rolling out with a wide receiver core of probably DeAndre Hopkins and Robbie Anderson outside and rondo moore in the slot thank you jesus not just outside uh deandre hopkins is outside on the right side of the formation till the end of time because cliff kingsbury can't figure out anywhere other place to put him so that's where <laughs> well, he will stay like this, and that's where he will run routes damn it i i don't want to spend too much time on this but what are we expecting from deandre hopkins like i said he looked a little bit musty last year showed a little bit of turn in 30 He's coming off of a six-game suspension from PEDs, which could be a reason why he was, you know, it, it, that could lead to him being a little bit, you know, more injured coming off the rest of this and everything. Gavin, what say you? You say he was musty last year and, like, his, like, target share that he's had for every season dropped. Like, all that stuff drops, efficiency drops, but, like, this was a juiced up DeAndre Hopkins that his efficiency and everything was dropping. And like, I don't, I don't want to make this comparison, but like it really kind of opened my eyes also that we've seen a player like Will Fuller for an entire like NFL career, just be worthless, 
have one, I don't want to say worthless, but like injured, inconsistent, blah, 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 has one consistently elite season. And then it's like, oh, he has PEDs. And now he's literally out of the league. Dog, so, what was happening in that Texans locker room? Brian Cushions was giving everyone fucking roids. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and I, I don't want to say that that same thing's going to happen to DeAndre Hopkins. However, like the, in the realm of possibilities, there's a chance that like this dude was coming in, he's aging, and he's like a receiver that kind of wasn't really known as a separator before that. Your athleticism starts going a little bit, and it's like, oh no, I need to find something to give me that extra edge that I'm losing now. Now we ain't got that, and I don't know how much he had of that before, but like, I it's a long way of saying that like. We could see DeAndre Hopkins being like a 15% target share guy and really like it really wouldn't surprise me all that much. So I guess my I'm a little less dramatic about it um in a grand sense. I'm not I'm not saying you're being dramatic or anything. I think I think you see a lot less of like that kind of downfall this year. It feels a lot like Julian Edelman when he was coming off of PEDs, Julian Edelman came back and was pretty good still. <laughs> I think a lot of what you'll see is the reason DeAndre Hopkins is using steroids is probably for injury recovery because he's getting old. So what I think you're going to see a lot of is probably a more rapid decline than you would think. Just because if you're using steroids for recovery at like 28, 29, that probably means you're already getting pretty beat up which means by the time you get to 31, 32, you're probably going to be missing a lot of games and you're probably going to get sapped out by 33, 34. Yeah. So I think, so I, I'm not going to say DeAndre Hopkins is going to fall off a cliff or anything because I don't need to be called Sam Kellerman or anything. But I think for a lot of it, it's you're probably going to see most of the end of DeAndre Hopkins being elite this season and maybe parts of next season. But I still think he'll be good because let's be honest, DeAndre Hopkins has been rested for like six extra games. So I don't know. Got anything beans? No. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I guess let's move on. Um, We had another player who needs steroids. Uh, Russell Wilson looks fucking awful. He looked awful again on primetime because the Broncos are, for some reason, in primetime all the goddamn time. We only have one more Broncos primetime game. Thank God God. they, like, put it at the beginning. Shout out to the AFC West for, like, just absolutely teabagging on the NFL for thinking that we were going to be good and you got Broncos versus the world in every game and Broncos just suck. That offense is awful. It's like, yeah. Ross was good in the first like half and then he was awful in the second half. This, uh, yeah, I, we're, we're getting to the point to where that kind of performance is really just, I never really questioned whether, like, Russ was good, if that makes sense. Like, I always felt like he was, like, good, but, like, things... What were you doing here? (laughs) No, like, my my thing has always been, like, I think, like, the offense is broken. I think there's a lot of extra, like, I think there's a lot of extra circumstances on why it's bad. Like, I mean, honestly, like, Patrick Mahomes didn't look very good in the fourth quarter of the Chiefs game, right? But I still know Patrick Mahomes is good. You know what I mean? Like, I was still holding out. I don't want to say hope, 
But I was still like holding out like, oh, like Russell Wilson isn't this bad. This is like other stuff like Hackett's an idiot and like the offense just isn't very good and like all this other stuff. That was the first time where I'm like, wow, Russ looked fucking awful. Two things for you guys. The first one is uh, that this is three years running, guys. Like, this isn't surprising. Russ oh, sucks. No, 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 I get Russ it. I get it. He was, terrible. like, bad in the second half of, of seasons, right? But, like, he – before those, like – before the injury last elite. year and at the first half of the season the year prior, it's like, oh, he's, like, really good. He's, like, being a really good quarterback. And it's like, oh, well, he's just, like – the wheels kind of fall off in the second half of the season as, like – maybe like injuries and shit pile up or whatever but right. like now it's just like holy shit like he's not looked like really good for the first six weeks for the first five weeks and then now he looked he looked bad yeah like, the uh I, 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 you gotta call a spade a spade like that's what i'm talking about like i've seen nothing to suggest he's like good at this point uh jerry judy is like bottom three in the NFL right now and catchable target rate. Like, it's just... Russ, it's like MDJ Moore and, like, who's the other one? I, someone I, else I, on my fantasy team. It's, you, it's, oh, Darnell Mooney. It's players Darnell, you yeah, Mooney. Yeah, Darnell, Darnell Mooney, Mooney and fucking... Yeah, Darnell Mooney and Judy are both on my dynasty team. It's fucking pissing yeah, yeah. me off. No, like, it's... And it's not surprising, like, when you look at that. It is surprising you see a player from Russell Wilson on there unless you're Gavin and know that Russ sucked coming into the year. But, like, um, no, I, I do agree. It's still a combination of the offense, Hackett, Russ. But, like, the blame and, like, the amount of badness continues to just get worse or, like, more of a reality or a larger part of reality for all three of those factors as each game goes on. What you got, Bean? dying to jump in here. Go, Beans. All right, so quickly. Uh, one, um, Drew Locke had better stats in the first six games of his career than Russell Wilson. That doesn't surprise me. That does that 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 alone just speaks volume. I'm gonna leave that up. B, um, <laughs> no B. <laughs> I think Russell Wilson played better with a chip on his shoulder, if that makes sense. Like when he was young, everybody was like, "You're too small. You can't do this. You can't do that." And he was just like, "Fuck you guys. I'm gonna go out there and do it." And then, like, he gets, like, this weird, like, I think he found some weird drug, and now he's just got a completely different Success, person. man. Success that, is a weird Gavin drug. and I were talking about this last night, and, yep. like, look, I don't know if any women listen to this podcast. If you do, I want to preface this in, like, the nicest way possible, because I'm not, Lauren, actually, Lauren, I'm not don't trying to blame Ciara or anything. But oh, like I blame genu- oh, a thousand percent. It, it genuinely feels, and like this is just like a celebrity type thing. It feels like once he started dating the celebrity, he felt like he was a celebrity. And yes. he, it's weird, dude. Like he has that. I was talking mm. to Gavin about this. Like, like when he's winning, everyone's like, oh, Russell Wilson's like so corny. But like, have if you really think about it, has anyone ever not been fake while being corny? Like, isn't corny just a nice way of saying you're fake? What the hell? He Where took did his your shirt, shirt off, go? man. Gavin is shirtless. Gavin. I had to go let the me. dog out of the room. And you had to take your shirt off for it? You guys said the rule was every time I come back, I take an article of clothing off, okay? So. Uh, oh, no, we can't have him leave again. 
Yeah, because uh, if you go and uh, like just walk backwards real quick. Yeah, we, we, like, we know secrets on this uh, pre-pod episode. <laughs> I have Gavin socks on. Right I'm not now. a fucking like caveman. Oh, uh, okay. Just walk. Just walk to your, Just walk to your fridge real quick. Just walk. Um, you have you have socks to spare. Yeah, we got fridge. time, Dean. Okay. Yeah, we we got time. We have plenty of time. So Gavin is now shirtless. For those of you not watching on YouTube, he is looking sensual as ever. Oh my Absolutely god, you are blowing the lat. Or not telling yeah, the lat. Just oh like, my god. Gavin, flex ah. those traps for us, my guy. No, turn, I'm, turn uh, the light. Turn no, the lights I don't want to like completely break my camera from just like too much light. So I, I was gonna say, like, you're lighting this whole house right now. It's the winter, okay? It's fucking cold <laughs> it's outside. The winter. It's winter. Oh, it ain't winter yet. Get the hell it's, out of here. It hit 25 <laughs> degrees, it froze. So <laughs> Yeah, so I'm out here to say Russell Wilson is fake as fuck because you can't be corny without being fake. And that's got to be – I feel like it's just a bad locker room. I feel like Hackett's not a good enough coach or a good enough man manager to help combat, like, the – I don't want to call it toxicity, but the fracturedness slash toxicity that Russell Wilson brings to a locker room. And, yeah. Like if you guys if you guys ever want to get a hold of me though, you're gonna have to hit up my agent. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, uh, Gavin was telling weird. me about that yesterday, and that's fucking weird. No, like yeah. it really to put it in the easiest words to understand, like at some point of Russell Wilson's professional career, and that's like not bury the hatchet here. He's kind of he's found less success over the course of his career, made more money too, blah blah blah. But like at some point. Playing the character of Russell Wilson became more important than playing professional quarterback. That's can really we get, the way that it feels. Can we get Rachel on on the bye week for the Chiefs? Oh my God, we need to get her on. Yeah, like, I, mean, I want I want inside. What's it like in there? You know? Yeah, like what's going on? Dude, if, also, if you look at Broncos Twitter, like a lot of people are like blaming right. Jerry Judy and shit too. Yeah. And it's like, my guy, Russell Wilson, like, I understand that Jerry Judy's not, like, playing the best or anything, but your quarterback, like, you gotta fucking be mad at your fucking quarterback, you gotta be mad, like, th- like, this isn't, like, the quarterback's not working, and it appears the coach isn't working, and it's, you, you gotta try and change something, and I hate to say it, you should fire Nathaniel Hackett, but for God's sake, man, it is, I, I feel like it is just time to fucking move. <laughs> No, it's the beautiful side of sports media. We're like, well, we paid all, we paid Russell Wilson. We traded a bunch for him. So he's stuck. So we can't complain about him. We have to find another reason. And we already don't like Jerry Judy because he had a DUI at one time and, or had the like legal issue this off season. One DUI, oh, yeah, sorry. So like, that's just the player that we're going to choose to like bag on because we can't bag on Russ. Genuinely. Okay. If you're the Broncos, Is there like anything you could trade Russ for? Like genuinely speaking, you are cap strapped. You can you lose all your resources. Yeah, you I, I know. But I'm saying like, let's say the Panthers like aren't like the worst team. Let's say the Panthers are like okay, whatever. Okay, let's let's do this. Aside like, from would, the salary, would the Panthers be fucking like Tepper is a fucking madman. Like, would the Panthers be crazy enough to trade like the fourth overall pick? No, so like Russell Wilson. Let's throw away the cap. Like, let's say Russ is worth zero (laughs) dollars, which is a really big thing to throw away. But yeah, yeah, throw it, throw it away. Like, is there a team out there right now that would? I'm telling you, dude. I think Carolina would. David Tepper is a fucking madman. 
four quarterbacks in that office? That's crazy. Well, no, he would get rid of Baker and like he wouldn't resign Baker and Sam Donald, obviously. Right. I'm, I'm just saying, David Tepper like traded a second round pick for Sam Donald and like fucking went and got Baker Mayfield the next year. Like that team who is, is who else is desperate? Like, well, that's the thing. Washington How many maybe? teams are trading? You know what? Dan Snyder's also fucking stupid enough to do it too. And we were supposed to talk about Dan Snyder, and I don't even know if we have enough oh, time God. to talk about Dan Snyder. Uh, let's just run through it quickly. We'll skip the baseball segment. Dan Snyder like hires private investigators yes. to investigate NFL. Real like, life. Oh, I did not know that. Villain. You let's fucking go. No. That shit. Oh my god. Okay. Here's it. the thing. Right. We're gonna just barely cover this because like it's 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 an Wait. ESPN story, right? Yeah. You need to go to ESPN and just type in Dan Snyder and like you'll find it. That article is fucking crazy. Like that shit is. Fucking nuts. And basically what it boils down to is it is alleged that Dan Snyder has hired private investigators to like that follow around crazy. Roger Goodell and follow around other owners. Whoa. And he has like enough dirt to like bring down like several key members in like the ownership group and even potentially Roger Goodell, like in the court of public Whoa. opinion. Whether or not that actually matters would remain to be seen because people like don't care about Dude. shit after about a week yep. on social media. But it is something to where there's this game of chicken where, like, all the owners don't really want Dan Snyder to stay. They kind of want to get rid of him because he honestly is just the worst. But at the same time, there are some people who are not willing to call the Whoa. blow. That is crazy. Gavin. All I got to say with this whole story is when I come on here and say allegedly crazy things like Tom Brady was sneaking around trying to make a deal with the Dolphins that would have fucked over Tampa Bay or like we have coaches that are selectively like chosen to like be the NFL can be racist towards these coaches and not other coaches like this shit happens like there's dirt behind the scenes. Otherwise, Dan Snyder's gone like and I'm not saying it's even those things. But, like, when people are just like, no, that's really crazy. That stuff doesn't happen. Like, some shit is happening behind closed doors. And and in all reality, it probably has to do more with, like, money laundering, with, like, moving cash around and stuff like that. If I'm being completely honest, like, it has probably has much less to do with civil suits and stuff like that. But it's uh, just wrapping your head around the fact that this dude found enough dirt on everyone in the nfl that he legitimately said if you take me down i will take you down with me and the nfl said fuck he's right like he would we're not doing that like that's just kind of crazy to wrap your head around so, I, do, I, I didn't hear any of that enough dirt on like nine guys because like you have to have like a 75 percent majority to like oust an owner because that is in the bylaws they can vote him out mm-hmm. but for real, go read the story, like, genuinely. It's a fucking crazy story. Like, here's how bad, like, Dan Snyder's, like, rep is, by the way. Like, in that story, he was able to get a, like, bipartisan deal, like, struck in the state of Virginia to build a new stadium in, like, fucking, basically a super nice area. And, like... I, it was like a super nice area. Like the two most influential senators on both sides of the aisle for Virginia 
like were there. It like got to the governor's desk. It was going to get done. And then like the Washington Post story like had come out and like so much public pressure got put on to like them to not fucking do that. That like Dan Snyder couldn't fucking like like they had to deny it. Like, do you realize like how much of a fuck up you have to be to have the two most influential people in Congress of a state like to support your like bill and then it not be able to get through? Like, it's crazy. So the last story that I heard was when Jim Ursay said like they had enough to they had enough votes to get rid of Dan Snyder. That's the last thing I heard because you know Jim Ursay he tells you how it is. And if they have enough votes, I'm like, oh, great. Dan Snyder's gone. That's the last I heard of it. But then the investigation thing comes out. That is bonkers. Yeah, read the article. Gavin, you were also muted, by the way. I was just saying that uh, Jim Ursay is <laughs> a fucking idiot. So, like, it really doesn't matter to me what he says. Like, but uh, He's an idiot, but he's, he's Jim like that, is one of those, stupid. He is stupid, but he's one of those guys, like, he's very transparent. Like, if, he, if, if you're... He's a transparent idiot. Like, yeah, he's a transparent idiot. For that. Yeah, you gotta love it. So, no, that's that's all right. Mind blowing. We, we got next show. We need a show on that. We're skipping money time. Um, one one other thing. Um, baseball is back again. We got Padres versus Phillies in the NLCS, excuse me, and Yankees versus Astros. My Yankees Phillies pick continues to look genius because reasons um currently the phillies are up 1-0 in their series about to probably go to one and one if it hasn't already because you know yep the phillies lost five to eight so it's one and one in that series and the yankees and astros are tied one to one currently in the first game of their series so that's an update for baseball i know you two don't care I gotta be honest, I didn't hear a single thing you said over the last like forty-five seconds. Did I like cut out or did you no, just... no like just <laughs> shut off? Oh, here. okay. See, with my internet, I actually have to make sure that you I gotta ask the question. <laughs> yeah, I gotta actually make sure that we knew. Yeah, so Phillies Padres one to one, Yankees Astros kicking off tonight. Yankees over Phillies was my prediction. Let's ride. Broncos right. country. Let's ride. The danger rich. <laughs> oh my god, stop it. That did you ever see that video of like him doing that commercial over like the Joker like scene when he's like talking to uh what's her what is her name? What's Rachel. her name? What's Batman's girlfriend's name? Or like fake Rachel. girlfriend. Yeah, Rachel, that's who it is. God, we should edit that video to have like actual Rachel like into that video. <laughs> oh my god, stop. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Gavin, you know your job. You're the editor. Yep, department. Gavin, that's your that's your job. We'll we'll play it for her, like on the pod. We had a video <laughs> leaked from inside Denver Sports Media. Oh we just want to know: Is this you? Is <laughs> this you? It's like a 30 second video too. It'd actually be pretty fucking funny. That's hilarious. Ooh, that's spicy. That's dangerous. <laughs> Rachel actually tried that sandwich. I saw her tweet about that, and she said it was like a six out of ten, which yeah. is probably like. <laughs> Which I bet she wishes with Russ's completion percentage right now. Beans, what's your thought-provoking moment? All right, so I went to the store the other day. Shocking, Congrats. right? And Shocking. um, I, I had to get I had to get toilet paper because I'm like on that that little bit left where it's like dangerous, where you can't oh, take man. another. You gotta dump. have some preventative maintenance. No, yeah, like it's it, we're, you gotta have a reorder point of one roll. 
it was like riding that white line, man. It was close. Anyways, um, so I go down the aisle to get toilet paper, and all the toilet papers say this. Like, six rolls equals nine, four equals six, you, eight equals you, 20. Where is the conversion rate for all this? Because I don't want to be going down the aisle doing math on what toilet paper I should buy. And it pisses me off. I, I think it's just the – okay, so there's a couple of schools of thought. If it's two-plied, I think that counts as, like – I feel like if it's two-plied, that ca- they count it as two rolls, right? I, I don't like, know. Do they like, do that? I don't know. Like, why does it say six equals nine? What, what's well, the average? The, because the roll is a little bit bigger. Like, there's more yeah. toilet paper per roll. Like, yeah, that's what it is. Are you struggling right now? No, I was looking for a pen to write down, like, a conversion chart for you for toilet paper sizes. But that's okay. But where... Where's the six equals six? Like, where is why? I don't why know. Is, like, no. Normal, but can you? And then you have to take into consideration. We're not looking at this the right. Beans, no, I'm gonna be honest with cons- you. No, no, because you're gonna take into consideration the price of the toilet paper. If the eight no, equals okay, twenty, beans, but it's more expensive. When I buy toilet paper, that's one of the uh, items I'm not looking to buy cheap. <laughs> no, no, I buy the most expensive, but also you want to get a good deal, like. No, I, I I get that, but like I li- I don't know about you. Like obviously this isn't you, but I live as a one person, like in a one person apartment, and I make sure that I take frequent bathroom breaks during my job because Sam because boss makes a dollar, Sam makes a dime. That's why Sam poops on company time. Right. <laughs> so I mean I I make sure that I'm well like, you know outed by the time like i'm back from work so i only i mean like a lot of the times like whenever i'm going like it's only one time or maybe no times like when i'm at home like on a weekday so like i get like a pack of like 18 rolls and that shit lasts me like six months and here's the reality when it comes when it comes to the plies like how thick your toilet paper is like i the reality of it is like i just aggressively wipe my ass so like i just want to <laughs> I just got to have coverage there, you know? Yeah, like, like dude, if you're buying single-ply toilet paper, you're either oh no. A, a crackhead, or B, you're like, a criminal. Poor. You're a criminal. Yeah, no. Like, oh. like, dude, no offense to my poor homies out there. We all been there. We all had to buy single-ply toilet paper at one time. But, like, if you have, like, actually, if you have enough money, if you have enough money to, like, actually fucking, like, purchase toilet paper... No one out there is buying single plate toilet paper except for fucking Archer, probably. <laughs> if you're wiping with single plate toilet paper, you may as well just take your bare hands and smear it off your Dude, ass. For real, you might thing. as well just do that and, and like wash it off. Yeah, I like, hate, I hate well when people it. say, "Oh, you could just fold it over." It does the same thing. It's the same thing. Dude, okay, that brings me to my question: Are you guys a fold guy or are you a crumple guy? Like fold. respectfully folded. Yeah. It. It's like a I respectfully fold it too. Now, here's the next question for you on that: Are you like how are you folding? Are you doing it like square on square? Are you doing yeah. it like every two Double, squares? Every two. You, I do like, like one and a half. To, just to go back to my original point, like I. <laughs> I have to put it avoided that question. No, I have to put it in a specific way because when you crumble it and then you aggressively wipe your ass, like you just leave your the margin for error just gets bigger. Like when you crumble it, you're just not really sure how thick 
of toilet paper you're going to end up where your fingers are at. Like you just got to yeah. you got to put it the right way so that way it's just safe. Like you know okay, what's going Okay, but if you couple it too, like the middle is like the thick part, like the part next to your fingers on the outside, that would not be the thick part. So I don't know how people do that. You Plus know, it's some of, just you have you more surface this to the front area. of the episode beans. So, you know, some of our most interesting conversations have come from feces, and it bothers me. Because we're men. Well, we're guys. Like, we're shit. Yeah. But, I, guess, yeah. I guess that's true. But, <laughs> all, um, all I'm saying is I just don't want to do math when I'm going down the aisle to buy Yeah, time. somehow, yeah. We went from math to, like, how we wipe our ass. But. Well, math do you go underneath much... or over the top? Do you stand up or do you sit down? Okay, the people that stand okay. up, yeah. you're a psychopath. Oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, I, I whoa, hang on. Whoa, no. No. Whoa. No. Oh, no. No, okay. How do you explain yourself in public? I'm going to explain myself. Uh, so, first of all, get the initial wipes out sitting down. And then when I want to get that last one to make sure that I'm done and just make sure that I get okay. it in there, that's the I, last one. I'm standing okay. up and I'm Digging. We are and we are common in that way. I agree with that. I respect yeah. that. There, there are some wipes wipes that need to be taken, like standing up. But in my opinion, that's <laughs> so, like that's like maybe ten percent of time. I I can say most of the time, like I'm a sit down guy, like all the time. Sometimes it's just so vicious, you just have to walk around. Well, no, no like dude, I mean that just happens. Like you you blow out, dude. Like there's nothing you can do. Like you, that you that's guys- everywhere. Do you feel weird when you stand up to take that like last like you stand up to take that last wipe and there's just I know that nobody I, I don't think anybody can see but that the the stall just got those slots those little slots by the doors and you're just like man like my, like you know especially when out, like so, everything is just here and I know that fucking Brian's there. walking by and just like seeing my ass hanging out inside the stall here and it just it feels wrong right you know and to be honest they're probably not wondering what's going on in there they don't care but in your mind you're like yeah no that's what i'm saying yeah. like it's all it's all mental at that point like you just yeah. finish what you're doing flush and then like smile when you come out and it's fine <laughs> i feel better yeah so <laughs> i mean beans asked forward to back or back to forward i'm both like i do i do both whatever like, it takes your ambidextrous yeah, i just want to feel no. i just want to feel cleanly you know like i just well, no, feel because i so I go like back to front on the first one, and then I always take a second. Like I feel like you always got to at least take a second, and that one goes from front to back. I agree. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We've got so, like, beans. Cut that. Put that to the beginning of the episode so people know what they're getting. Uh, <laughs> they're getting <laughs> fucking shit is what they're getting. Shit talk. So <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I said there was no money time. I said there was no money time, but now since we're you know talking shit. I kind of want to place a fucking parlay, baby. I don't even know what I'd bet. Um, I don't know either. We can we can pretend that we're going to actually put it out over the week yeah. and then just not again. Yeah. It's our, awful. Our social media. You know, let's just pretend we lacking. lost last week. You know, we'll just yeah. say we lost. We're Owen fucking seven or seven, Owen yeah, fucking whatever. We don't care. Fuck it. Doesn't matter. Okay. So are we where are we at now? Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. All right, who wants to go first on the hot takes? Oh, I, I feel like I have to go first here. All right, Beans, you got to go first then. He's got to go. He's got to fucking shit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Grab your no. toilet paper, folks. Okay, so hear me out here. Dressing professionally is dumb. Like, 
If I am a worker, as a worker, exceed better wearing shorts and a t-shirt or a cutoff and tennis shoes, that should be the case. Like, as long as I am a successful worker doing my job, I shouldn't have to wear khakis, slacks, a polo, a coat, you know, like tennis, like not uh, those really those weird shoes where they're like, they're super uncomfortable, a belt, like I want to feel comfortable working. Your dog is going crazy. And I'm not very happy. <laughs> it's because you're naked. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> I want to show up to work like Gavin. I should show up to work like Gavin because I feel comfortable and I feel, you know, like I can get my job done in this fashion. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, how old are you, Beans? How old am I? Yes. 24. 24. Damn, got it right. 24 go. years to get to this point of realization, to the point that you'd come on the media and then say this now. Well, it pisses me off. Like you dress Guys, up in an interview and you're 50 years from to stop being wearing professional clothing too. Well, no, like you show up to your interview and like you feel so uncomfortable because you never wear that stuff every day. And then you got to show up to work in khakis. I gave up. Like I, I wore like slacks and a polo like the first like two weeks. And then I started wearing shorts and a t-shirt and they're like, yeah, you can do that. And I feel better. It's great. It's awesome. I love oh, it. I love nothing. Okay, beans. Here's where No, so when I say up, short right? here's where when I say shorts, I am talking athletic shorts. Like I yeah, wear I, shorts. I know. That's, okay. Here, here's here's where you fucked up, right? Okay. Like let's let's be real with each other real quick. Okay. So one. Yes, I agree. I'd rather come into work every day in fucking shorts and a t-shirt. I love fucking shorts and a t-shirt. Like, I went, I spent my entire high school career in shorts and a t-shirt, except when I got to fucking wear my jersey with jeans. I fucking, I hate fucking jeans, by the way. Jeans are gross. Jeans are gross. People who, okay, let me, let me just preface. People who wear jeans every fucking day. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know aren't how required do to be like in a professional setting. I can understand why you'd wear jeans in a professional setting if you have to wear long pants. Psy- psychopaths, absolute psychopaths, or farmers. It's one of the two. If you're not a farmer and you wear jeans every day when you don't have to, you're a psychopath. Like I'm sorry. Like and it it hurts. Like it just doesn't feel right. You know, jeans are not like, comfortable. They make no. Some people look really nice in jeans. I'm gonna like just put that out there in the ether. And some people do look good in jeans, but I fucking hate jeans. Not fun. See, and but I feel like if you if you're a CEO of a company, wear what you want, bro. Or, or nah, dude. You know, here's just the thing. Where I learned tricks of the trade. So first off, you gotta find yourself a polo that's like one size too big, because that yeah. feels like big big ass shirt, right? And you gotta find something with some good material on it. Like it's not that hard. You gotta get yourself not fucking khakis. You got to get yourself fake khakis. That's why I wear to work every day. I wear fake khakis. They're fucking sweatpants that look like khakis. That's why I wear <laughs> every single day. I have like two or three pairs of them, and they just get rotated. I got a black pair, a khaki pair, and like another like khaki pair or something, and I just rotate them. They are out of this world, dude. They're fucking stretchy. They literally, they're legit sweatpants, and you just wear them to work every day. Bro, send me the link. Dude, I will. It would change your life. Like, they have a fake fly and everything. Oh, send me the link. I, I yeah. need that. By the way, so, like, my thing with belts, belts, you also want to wear, like, 
like the thing is, is you want a pair of jeans that fit just right. Chicken fried. Um, but you want a pair of jeans that like fit you like normal pants would, like not not too big, not too small, and your belt should be should be accessorized only. You know what I'm saying? Like your belt should not be holding your pants up. Your belt should be there at like a comfortable like length or whatever. And like it's there for decoration. That's it. Your belt should not like actually keep anything up. And that's how I would wear it. For shoes, I can't really help you. Professional shoes are uncomfortable as fuck. Yep. Luckily, my shoe luckily my shoes have to have like a um like toe guard because I'm in a factory. So like all my shoes are just uncomfortable anyways. So <laughs> in in my first interview for Great Plains, like before I was even an intern, first time I'd met these people, they asked me what my like goal salary was for like my career or whatever. And I told them I just like was like honestly guys, like if I could just show up to work in like a shirt and athletic shorts and you guys just like couldn't fire me because I was too good of an engineer, like I wouldn't really care what you paid me. Like <laughs> 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 and that's when they were like you're hired <laughs> yeah i i'm what i don't mean like i mean i've heard and that kind of pisses me off and i understand it because people are like oh my god that's a great interview answer but like truthfully i was just like i i like i'm an engineer like you're gonna pay me like i'm gonna make money that's what i like got a fucking degree for i'm not worried about the money aspect of it i want to show up to yeah. work and not be pissed off that every time i sit down my left nut goes six inches inside of me <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you that link. Be, I'm gonna. I'm gonna send it in our chat, dude. Yeah, those send it pants, our chat. I swear, especially with winter coming up, dude. Those pants would change your fucking life. I can't wait to walk around work for the next six months, going, guys, guys, feel my pants. Dude, no, and they're like stretchy. Like they're legit stretchy. Like the whole thing is elasticized. Gavin's gonna be like those girls with dresses. Like, look, it has pockets. <laughs> All right, so let's okay. go from an actual fun hot take and like I guess I gave fashion advice. I never thought I'd give fashion advice to anyone. Um, I just want to. This isn't even a hot take. I just want to dog on the Lakers real quick. The fucking Lakers stink. Like they're actually fucking terrible. And Anthony Davis is apparently one of the least efficient shooters in the NBA over the last like two years, and they have no fucking outside shooting. They have a dude named Matt Ryan on the roster because he's the best <laughs> three-point shooter. Yeah, Matt oh, Ryan's also just a lanky white dude who can shoot. Oh, wow. Guns. It must be a common thing. Yep. Yeah, something like that. And I this isn't even a hot take. This isn't even anything for discourse, like between you two, like to me, because I don't even know how much you guys give a shit about basketball. I know Gavin doesn't. I don't know if Beans does at all. But like this is just a PSA for like the Lakers fucking suck. And, like, no amount of LeBron James and, like, Anthony Davis and, like, Russell Westbrook is going to, like, keep this team from being not good. And to that token, Russ has always been a bad fit on that team. It bothers me so much how you can make a roster so bad behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, all you're looking for in that scenario are guys who can play defense and guys who shoot a good percentage from the three point from three pointers. Like you're looking for just three and D guys. And that team is atrocious. They shot like 25% from three on a billion attempts last night. 
And, like, Golden State didn't even shoot that good from three last night either. And they still fucking got dog-walked by, like, 20, 30 points. Like, they're just awful. Russ doesn't look like he wants to be there. Russ was even fine last. There's just so much bad. And it's like, I just want to get it on the record that the Lakers are fucking garbage. Like, that's all I want to, like, like, I'm talking legit garbage. Like, Pelicans could end up with Victor Wembanyama, like, garbage. Which is a horrifying thought if Zion and Victor Wembanyama are on the same fucking team. But I digress. Let me let me find what they shot from three last night before you go, Gavin. Because I, I just want this to be on the record as well. Because it's bad. They lost by... Yeah, they lost by um, 14 points last night. They were down like 20 a lot of the game. And let's see full team stats. Yeah, the Lakers shot 43% from the field. The Warriors only shot like 46. So, I mean, like, the Warriors played like dog and the Lakers played like dog. And they shot 10 of 40 from three. <laughs> 10 of 40 is bad. Like, I don't, yeah. need, I don't need to tell you guys that. For comparison, the Warriors shot like 16 of 45, which is only like 10, 16% or excuse me, which is only 10 to 11% better, but like, oh my God, like 10 for 40 is atrocious. That team needs to fucking do something. Yeah. That team needs to fucking do something. Breaking news in our league, Gavin, Kelsey is for sale. Oh, well, oh Jesus Christ. Well, I'll go get Kelsey. Um, no, uh, I'll make my hot take for this week short because I've already kind of talked about it. But um, essentially, like, and Sam, you brought up a stat about this earlier about how, like, scoring across the NFL, scoring around fantasy football, like, it's all really weird scoring down. Like, we've had a lot of players below expectations and then a lot of players that had literally no expectations, like, kind of be lifted up by having roles that we didn't expect or whatever. And I think, at least from a receiver standpoint, the reason that we're seeing this, um, and I addressed this earlier, we see, like, as far as percentiles, like, the lowest percentile, like, score that you'll see against success rate versus man coverage is, like, 50%. That same percentile for zone will be, like, 60% because it's just easier. Um, 60% success rate versus zone. The NFL is playing more zone, ergo, more receivers are having more success, and, like, not that talent doesn't matter, doesn't matter, but like it doesn't matter as much because more receivers are succeeding. Like you can spread the ball around more. It's easier to spread the ball and like earning a target isn't relying on talent the way that it used to. So we're just having a lot of the ball getting spread around a lot is kind of happening just everywhere. And I think that that's caused a lot of uh, really weird fantasy football results i think it's caused a lot of really weird results around the nfl as a whole and like that i mean that's why the nfl teams have gone to this zone concept is to just kind of make nfl teams work their way down the field earn it and i don't like kind of level the playing field in a way and i think it's really really smart for nfl defenses but i that's what i think is happening and why i think we're seeing what we're what's happening no, no comments I, there, apparently. No, I agree. Um, 
So, like, over the past, like, couple years, the Chiefs have been playing against, like, this cover two man concept. And I think, like, I don't know. You, you're seeing a lot of advancements, like, the team's doing a lot. They're copying each other. Uh, yeah, what is it? The best do form, every fucking year. The best form of flattery is plagiarism. So, um, I think, you know, how teams were stopping these high-powered teams was how Gavin explained it. And, you know, I, I think... I don't know. I think it's good. I mean, you're seeing a lot of low scoring games. The offenses are going to have to start figuring it out. So. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's as simple as teams decided that they were going to make other teams actually drive the ball down the field. They got tired of watching Kansas city and like Buffalo and like all those teams get 60 yard touchdowns. And they decided we'll just play two high safeties and make you attriculate the ball down the field more. Obviously, 60-yard touchdowns still fucking happen. Like, it's not like they don't. But it, it's like the Bengals. The Bengals are the perfect microcosm of this. Yes. The Bengals, and this is why I really like Joe Burrow as a quarterback in the future. Because Joe Burrow is, like, really good at getting big play touchdowns. I, I should say he's really good at getting big play. Jamar Chase is really good at creating big play touchdowns, and Joe Burrow is really good at getting him the ball. But Joe Burrow is really good at conducting things. I've seen the Bengals go on, like, 15-play touchdown drives, and I've seen the Bengals, like, you know, throw the ball to Jamar Chase, and he takes a slant, like, a billion yards. So I think Joe Burrow is very cool in that aspect, and that's why I like Joe Burrow a lot is because I feel like he's very contained and very, like, while he doesn't create the plays that a Mahomes and Allen create he's very As cerebral he, he very the plays that are there. he's very brady very breeze like and like i've been saying that for like a year it's like whether or not joe burrow's got that extra sixth gear that tom brady has well we, we don't fucking know because aaron donald ate his offensive lines fucking lunch and i was going to get proven right on that point in the super bowl and i got cheated because samaj p ryan is in the game and not fucking joe mixon i hate you zach taylor with every fiber of my being yeah but i feel like joe burrow is very well adapted for this and we'll see what happens with josh allen when you know the team starts uh, losing some guys here and there we'll see what happens with that mahomes is still pretty good at it he creates a lot of stuff but i think it's just one of those things where we're going to need to see a lot of it's a little bit of time lapsing backwards in terms of how we play football, and then we'll figure out the best way to beat two high safeties, and we'll see a bunch of offense again, and there you go. For all of you, like, rah-rah football guy people, just remember that it took you guys two and a half years to figure out that the way to stop big plays from happening was to play with two safeties instead of one. So, uh, I got nothing more to add. Yeah, the natural progression of the two high safeties is probably what, like teams that have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that can just run the ball because they have a guy like Derrick Henry or like they just have a really good offensive line. That's probably it, right? I mean, it it started happening. Everybody went to single high because that was what the Legion of Boom was. That was the Seattle Super Bowls. That was like what was made popular there. And then the uh, Denver, I think Denver would like made help made it popular too with the same system. And like teams just kind of manned you up. They made you like beat you. It kind of like worked against those New England Brady teams towards the end of their career because they never had any wide receivers. And then yep. we got all this new quarterback uh, talent into the NFL. 
and then all of a sudden they just like extend plays by wide receivers time to create separation against man and they're like well this fucking sucks we'll just go to zone and make you work your way down the field and that's where we're at now yep and that's where we're at and with that i think it's pretty easy to uh oh my god eli yeah that's that's a no-go from me I'll tell you after the pod, Gavin. I just got a shell shock to my fucking system um, in terms of a trade negotiation. And with that, I'm talking fantasy football now. It's time to end this because we have gone on for a good long while. Beans, Gavin, do you have any last words? Uh, I just know that I've had some shit in the oven, so I have got to check it before the end. I don't actually have any shit in the oven. I just. I want to do the stand-up. Damn, that pod is the last word. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are on YouTube, we are about to get age-restricted. That was too hot for TV. Thank you all for listening to the Flyover State Sports Show. If you would like to follow us and get more content just like this sex appeal right here, you can follow us at underscore underscore F3S. That's underscore F underscore F3S, all capitals. We want to thank you again for listening to us as Beans continues to (laughs) Gavin, put a shirt on. Fuck Bosco boys. And congratulations you two on the 40th episode. Peace out. All love. Bye.